called Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, Bizzlecast listeners, welcome back to the Bizzlecast. Here to uh, continue my ongoing coverage of gaming, a video, board, and otherwise. Today is video gaming. Back with, of course, Ethan, the master himself. We are also broadcasting this live on his Twitch stream, which is L underscore Fedorable. He's playing some Destiny, uh, which we might talk about a little bit. He might play some Sea of Thieves, which we are definitely talking about. Um, Ethan, uh, thanks for, for doing this. Thanks for the uh, uh, d- the dual hosting and great to have you back on the show it's great to be back um so uh it is now almost a full quarter into 2018 mm-hmm. and we did a podcast a month or two ago maybe two months ago at this point where we did sort of a wrap-up of all the greatness in 2017 and previewed some of the stuff coming out in 2018 uh that seemed cool but we're not sure and we're still not sure obviously because there's still a lot of games that are dropping in particular next few months but definitely throughout the year um so i do want to talk some specifically about some certain games that you've been playing or just that we've been following i do definitely want to talk a little bit um uh something that we have been kind of teasing but not going full into is sort of the state of open world games in general multiplayer and single player um which again was sea of thieves destiny and 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 new now far cry and blah 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 blah. uh might be an interesting topic there's been some really weird shit on twitch the last couple months which maybe we'll go into um um, although I do maybe want to just ask you in general h- how you think Twitch is as a company uh, just over five years. So maybe we'll save that for the end. Um, so really quickly, what are you playing right now? I think it's Destiny 2. And how many goddamn freaking hours have you put into this thing? Uh, last I checked, there was 262 hours on PC alone for Destiny 2. Uh my largest contrib- contribution would be 1,200 hours on Xbox hmm. alone hmm. Uh, for Destiny 1. Uh, PS4, I have some stuff in Destiny 2 and Destiny 1 as well, but it's minuscule in comparison. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm playing Destiny 2 right now. They just released a big update to fix the sandbox of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels good. I'm just having fun with it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I could play it in the background yep. and stream it with a controller instead of clickety-clacking on my mm-hmm. keyboard, which you do not like. <laughs> so, um, you, you know that, uh, and you're a big part of this, but also other things, media development, my interest changing, wanting to get into new things, getting back into board and video gaming, etc. You know, I was not even, I didn't even really know what Twitch was a year ago, to be honest with you. Um, and now I'm on Twitch a lot, or at least following people who do Twitch or watching VODs. I still prefer the VOD format on YouTube for a lot of reasons and i now get youtube red actually because i realized i was spending more combined hours listening if not watching stuff on youtube than i was all my other streaming services and i'm like literally for 10 bucks a month i can be doing three four hours of youtube in the background a day with my phone off doing other things saving battery not getting ads and supporting the people i like i was like this is a no-brainer for me and maybe one topic for um, another, uh, maybe the next podcast we can talk about monetization of streaming, comparing Twitch, uh, YouTube. People did Patreon for a while, right? Then it was it, passe. Now people, people look back did, on Patreon. People still do Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but just to get this started, so Destiny One, very controversial. A lot of people excited about it. A lot of people disappointed in it, but still a lot of people liked it. 
ton more hype for Destiny 2. And I think the Destiny 2 fans were in three major groups. And you can tell me if this is accurate, okay? Mm-hmm. And by the way, for people out there, if you're a Bizzlecast listener and you like my podcast, you don't know a ton about video games. Destiny is the first major first-person shooter that they turned into a, essentially, for lack of better comparison, World of Warcraft-style MMO, which stands for Massive Multiplayer Online. Um, but it's a shooter, like Call of Duty, although the mechanics are amazing and it's gorgeous, um, which we'll get to. But even it seems to me, and again, this is based on you know the co-optional podcast people and other people I follow. Some people are more cynical than others. I think there was the people who really wanted to like the first Destiny and were so upset and disappointed pointed that they never gave the second one a chance i think there's people who were still holding out hope for the second one and while they might have liked it more than the first one it wasn't enough to really win them back and i think there's a third class which is you which is understood the flaws of the first one understand the flaws of the second one but still see a ton of value in terms of fun and time expenditure in the new destiny did i get those three categories mostly right and i'm ignoring idiots as usual yeah i'd be like i can i i can i can clarify a few of those and just like refine them that's what you're here for buddy. so yeah um so you have you you you, more of i put it this way you have you have the you have the internet collective you have the outer world that's your first group the the people who are not associated with the game they would not associate themselves with this game um this is the group that was like, oh, Bungie, they made Halo, they made one of the greatest shooters and stories of all time. Surely they can't screw this up, right? It's an overworld Halo co-op shooter. What could go wrong, right? And uh, that started the, this game is bad, this game is dead, this is, Destiny is dead, me, me, blah, 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 this game's gonna kill Destiny. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the, they're the internet that likes to meme over this game that looks at it and says... Looks at his flaws and just makes fun of it. Yeah, I guess what I was trying to mainly do before before you continue was distinguish between the people who hate on Destiny irrationally and people who just don't like it. And it's like, if you don't like Star Wars The Last Jedi, there's some people who have very valid reasons they don't like Star Wars The Last Jedi, and then there's some people who just don't like, you know, minorities and women in movies and so forth. Sure, right. So, you have that group. Then you have the... Then you have the people who have bought the game, played the game, and did not like the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those people, uh, for whatever reason, uh, just found lack of content, lack of whatever. They're the ones who basically sent the message out to the rest of the world that says, guys, this game is not blank, 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 blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And then you have... Then you have the people who like Destiny, and this is this this group falls under two categories. This is the subgroup. This is there is the, uh, which is the current state of the group. Th- these are the th- these are um, just Destiny fans. You have Destiny fans um, who like the game but no longer play it because of what Destiny Two has brought to the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the Bungie loyalists, mm-hmm. and the Bungie loyalists are people who believe that can't do anything wrong. But like Bungie, Bungie is not at fault here. Bungie will fix the game. Bungie will do this. Bungie will do that. Bungie's perfect. Bungie is the perfect ex-boyfriend who never does anything wrong. Blah 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 blah. That that so, um, hmm. you, those are the established groups, and those are the forces at play here. Um, 
And so the people who are still playing this game still believe that this game can be turned around, even though it's it went from 1.3 million concurrent people at launch to less than 100,000 playing the main PvP competitive mode a, uh, a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's the situation. Hmm. And that that's that's the groups that those are the groups associated uh personally i am not i i would say i'm a mixture of i i would say i'm a, a destiny fan i would say that i am hopeful that 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 bungie could fix this game but i will not defend bungie and say bungie has not has done nothing wrong um i think i think they royally screwed up this game but they can fix it so but they uh, that's my haven't thing. and you're waiting or no, no, they haven't. It's this. So this is six months after launch. This is the first huge sandbox update they've done to the game. Oh, so this um, this literally just happened. This happened today. This oh, happened at three o'clock today. That's why I'm sorry. That's why I was a little confused when I saw hours. you playing Destiny because I was like, it seemed like yeah. it was a while since you were streaming it. Okay. Yeah, but so like a lot of people, a lot of the big hats and the big names have been streaming Destiny tonight. I've been watching. I've been listening to their and their feedback and mm-hmm. i've been experiencing it firsthand and i'm i i, I like what they've done so far this is the, like as far as i'm concerned this is the first update towards healing this is the first update towards standing back up because what we saw was destiny one launch and then we saw update after update no update for destiny one after launch was a bad update every mm. update following that was a we're continuing to climb and make this game better and better and better and better. And by the end, it was a the most perfect version of Destiny we've seen, and it was mm-hmm. a pretty good game, as all things considered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what well, can I run with that? That, that was, at, oh, that no, was after two hundred forty dollars of yeah. money. If you bought everything at launch, which you have to admit is a giant barrier for most people to continue with the game, right? But you also have to calculate in the fact that I spent twelve hundred hours playing that game, right? Um, right. And only and only thirty hours of it, quote unquote, wasted as far as the meter is concerned. Wasted meaning yeah. idle time, whatever. Yeah, but here's so, okay. Let me let me run with that, and now I'll divide up two more groups of of Destiny players, and these are people who have played a lot of Destiny. So there are people that stick with it for hours and sink in the money like you do because you truly believe that there are significant, not just. Um, superficial changes or even sort of basic content changes, but there are genuinely uh, new structures um, that will come into the game and make it great. And so you stick with it. And that's part of why you stick with it. That's part of why you invest in it. And that's part of why you continue to have hope that it will get better. There's also people who just sink in the money because they're fine with how it is and they just want more maps and more guns and stuff like that. But this is why I'm so fascinated about this with you, man, is because I know that's not you. Like new guns and new maps, unless it's like your favorite game ever, maybe this is it, unless it's Zelda or whatever, new, new guns and new maps and new clothes isn't enough for you to sink that much money and time into a game. It seems like when you, when most of the other games you spend hundreds of hours on are like Zelda and fucking Persona, which are two of the deepest video games ever made. Mm hmm. Right? Right. And so like So what's the unfulfilled promise? Like what have you seen in Destiny from the beginning that's been getting closer and but still not quite there yet is I guess what I'm asking. I can I can tell I can tell you that those twelve hundred hours I spent were spent on a purpose, on a grind, on the fun that I enjoyed this game that that game and this game with. 
Like, I don't, like, if I'm not enjoying Destiny, I've never once played Destiny when I wasn't enjoying it. So, the majority, if not all of that time, I consciously say, mm-hmm. like, in hindsight, and, like, probably in the moment right now, I've been having fun. Mm-hmm. So, I don't play, I'm not one of those guys who plays video games for the sake of playing video games. Yep. I'll go watch anime, I'll go watch a YouTube video, I'll go I'll walk outside, I'll go get a cup of coffee, I'll do something else instead of playing video games but not having fun with a video game. Like, um, right. And, like, that's but the, no, but and, what I'm saying that, is your definition of fun I don't think is the same as other people's. And that's, oh, sure, that's a good thing. But you have, I'm saying you have, and, a more, you have a more complex and nuanced definition and uh, system of things, a uh, series of things that are fun for you that aren't mm-hmm. just the mindless shooting. Because let's be honest, you could have spent $240 on 20 first-person shooters that mm-hmm. none of which might have been as great, but when you combine campaigns and multiplayer, you could have spread that money around on other shooters, right? But you prefer to stick with this one. Sure, I, I would have so much more money if I didn't spend any money. No, but you, you know what I'm do. saying. Like, no, 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 if no, you no, were like, 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 absolutely. hypothetically ahead of time, if you're like, I want to spend two hundred dollars on two hundred hours of first person shooters, you could buy every Call of Duty game plus the remastered, plus the battlefields, plus the whatever, right? Sure. Instead of spending at like the two hundred forty dollars I spent on Destiny One, I could have bought every Call of Duty to come out since Black Ops Two. Actually, since Ghost, because I bought Ghost with my own money as well. Um, and not every DLC, but I can buy every launch title. Yes, yes. So I could have just bought every Call of Duty instead. So um, okay, forget about the actual money spent. But everything in our society is moving to subscriptions, whether it's magazines, newspapers, websites, video games, uh, you know, uh, uh, streaming services, television, everything's moving to monthly subscription services because people can just deal with the monthly payments more than like Mm -hmm. so much money up front. So my question is, after Blizzard has done so well with a subscription service and never releasing an actual new World of Warcraft game in terms of like a $60 you know, game on the, you know, it's all been updates basically for 14 years with expansions. Destiny did neither of those. Why did they feel like they had to do destiny two as opposed to just redoing destiny and, and, but they could have paid for it because of a subscription service. I'm pretty sure now I'd like this, this has never been like a discussion. Um, within the desk this once was a discussion in the destiny community they kind of this kind of like faded into non-existence for destiny fans mm-hmm. but the way i remember it happening is just like i'm pretty sure it just came down to uh activision decided the pricing for things and i'm pretty sure bungie d- themselves does not uh relinquish any holdings on what things cost for the game i'm pretty sure it's all activision and i'm 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 guessing Activision said, we don't want people to play our game. Or they saw they saw what happened with um, with the entire part of Destiny 1 because this, is, this conversation was happening uh, after the first major DLC came out, The Taken King, which was arguably the best time for Destiny. Mm. And so people were like, why are we paying $40 to get this massive DLC? And the other DLCs, well, we could just do the $10 a month subscription service. Right. And so my guess is they saw what happened with Destiny 1 Year 1 and were like, well, people aren't always going to like it. And we saw that people will still play 
uh, during the droughts. So we'd rather, or people would stop playing during the droughts. So we would rather keep make everyone buy it straight out, and then you don't get any more content during the drought cycle mm-hmm. when there's no content. All right. When everyone's want all the content to be played. So I'm assuming it was a let's get more money. Well, I, I have tons action. of other topics and games I want to talk about, especially Sea of Thieves, which will be the next topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that that actually rolls perfectly yeah, into Sea It does. With I do want to ask. I do want to ask one more question about Destiny Two, though. Sure. Which as a guy who does like deep gameplay, although you do like grinding, which is great. I mean, old school gamers like grinding. These days, they don't make a lot of grinding, which is why some people like you, you know, are attracted to MMOs because you can get the grinding experience and it's actually like meaningful and fun and whatever. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you're not what I would call a hardcore FPS guy, just in the sense of you have tons of other games that you love more generally than first person shooters and. I would say something that Destiny has failed to do, but also makes the fact that it has a dedicated audience still even more impressive. It, well, let me ask you in the form of a question, that a sort of a leading question I think you know the answer to. So people who are sick of playing World of Warcraft, but they keep getting dragged back in every year or two, mm-hmm. what is the number one reason you hear why, why it, people do it? Uh, that it reminds them of the old days. Right, and connected to that is the guild experience. Yeah. They have friends, and so if you have six friends, you've been doing it for ten years, and even one of those friends is getting excited about a new expansion, and it's only ten bucks, and you get right into the raiding, which, you know, Blizzard has done a pretty good job of, like, you know, increasing the speed of just having fun with the expansions or whatever, um, from what I understand, but it's the people, and, like... I could be wrong, but I don't think you have like a regular guild or whatever in in Destiny. And I don't know many people who do unless they come into it with a large group of friends who are all into it from the beginning, basically. Right. So I got I got I was following Destiny from the first few trailers. Um and then the Destiny community like like I didn't have many friends playing it on I actually correction. I had one friend for a little bit and then no friends after that. I played all of Destiny, for the most part, without any friends. Uh, uh, but what kept me coming back was various Twitch com- with the Twitch community, mm-hmm. with streamers, mm-hmm. and the Destiny community in general. Mm. The Destiny community early on was was some of the is it still is like if you look at its like core, but uh, which is not much left, but. It's enough. Uh, it's, 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 it's enough. It's, it's, so, it's some of the nicest... It's one of the best communities I've ever seen. It's one of the best communities I've ever seen. Um, case in point, the community wrapped around and created a fundraiser that has raised over uh, $2 million for St. Jude just by playing video games. So if that, if that doesn't give you an idea of like what this community is like, I don't know what would. But Look, dude, as a guy who you know doesn't really get multiplayer stuff in general and even though i grew up loving properties like warcraft never was interested in world of warcraft or mmos and i don't have the time and patience for grinds even as one is gorgeous and relatively easy to get into like destiny and i've heard similar things about the great community i think what Destiny 2, from my way outside perspective, including, I, get, I mean, I have talked to you about it, obviously, so I'm not totally ignorant, but from my weird outsider perspective, 
is it never really pro- after the, the the overly promising things in the first one and the overly promising theme is going to go throughout this entire podcast mm-hmm. is how much making promises factors into the uh reception of final products of games right but when and it, actually this is a, yeah we'll get to it in one second but after disney one going into destiny two i think one of the things bungie or whoever did great was not over promising things they were like we're going to make a better destiny one which immediately like i I was hinting earlier turned off people who didn't like destiny one they're like well i'm not going to do a slightly better destiny one destiny two but for the people who did and wanted better it was like oh perfect as opposed to these you know ubisoft bethesda type games which promise everything on the planet or no man's sky or whatever they promise everything on the planet and then none of them deliver that well and then it's like well what am i doing at least in destiny you know what the fuck you're doing and why you're there and doing it right right for the most part which they think destiny 2 has struggled with an identity crisis but for the most part yes Okay. So, um, all right. And so, yeah. so, so I, I, will, I want to fully respond. Mm-hmm. So, the transition, mm-hmm. like, this is a great transition. What you brought up with, yeah, go with, for it. Do it. Pro- with the over promising thing. Do it. This is a great transition to talking about Sea of Thieves. Yes. Okay. Arr, lots of pirate jokes what coming. A lot of people, what a lot of people out on the internet are calling No Man's Sea. So, a lot of people, and, and, and in today's world, a lot of uh, game developers, Put out their trailer at E3, what, what, whatever, and they let they they let they let the trailer roll, and they let people's imaginations roam roam around, and they let people's expectations of what the game will be get in front of what the game actually is. Okay, wait, really quickly, give 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 our listeners a few sentence recap of what exactly Sea of Thieves is. It's been supposed to come out for a long time it finally came out but what is it essentially and then go into your opinions was from from when the developers started talking about it designed to be a sandbox pirate game where you sail the seas find loot and take the end like attack other pirates on the high seas for their loot and be the greatest pirate ever that's what the game is all about that's all the game is that's it. There's no now. Now, which, just from which, hearing that, which, you would think, by the way, you would by the way, mm-hmm. just what you said. Five million pre-orders. Mm-hmm. Just the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, and understandably, and, pirates are and, awesome, and and you get to sail the high seas with your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, since. Since since the developers started talking about it, they made sure that they they made the foundation clear that the game did not have X things that uh, that there was going to be no progression. It was all going to be cosmetics. It was going to be uh, you sail the high seat. That they wanted every pirate to be on an even playing field. That there was no skill difference. Oh, can you just really quickly? For our listeners, again, who might not be as into this stuff, could you just describe what progression is? Because it's like maybe the most important thing in half the video game genres out there. So very simply, very simply, progression in video games is you as a character, as a whatever, is getting stronger. So if the simple example of that is in D&D, your sword gets enchanted with plus five and it's now a fire sword. 
but there there is some something you have to do in the in a game to achieve that, whether that's complete a mission or kill an enemy or blah blah blah. You have to do something. You have to do X. So progression is very simply you getting stronger by doing something. In RPGs, we call this leveling up. Although I do want to point out really quickly, Ethan, something that occurred to me the other day was our two favorite games from last year that were both nominees for best game and obviously Zelda won best game, which is Zelda and Horizon. Neither had traditional sort of OP level up systems whatsoever. It mostly relied on items and, you know, learning skills slowly and stuff. Horizon did have a progression system, but it wasn't the, like, uh, 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 you know, Dragon Quest, Dragon Age, Final Fantasy, JRPG, increased strength, agility, blah, 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 kind of system that we normally see. Right. Um, Yeah, definitely Horizon had the actual progression system if you want to actually talk about one. But um, Zelda Zelda had a much less so before. I mean, look, uh, honestly, Horizon, this was Horizon. You get a new level, you get the following. You get 10 more hit points when you start with 200, and you get one skill point, and you'd like three to get anything. So every three levels, you get, you know, 5% more health and a new skill, basically. That's, that was the system. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Which is great, by the way. And Star Wars Battlefront, FYI, you know, way too late, has finally integrated a reasonable progression system where it's like, you play more, you get better, you get better. Like, wow. Yeah. Really revolutionary, Electronic with, Arts. With, Thank you so and, much. And, and, and they remove all microtransactions, which finally, but, you know, yeah. it shouldn't have been there in the first so place. So anyway, so right. So this was supposed to be sailing around with pirates with your friends, Right. So right. the question and is, all- was it supposed to be a, a straight up MMO? Uh, no, they never. Uh, no. From, from what I understand, they never said in any developer blog or video mm-hmm. in any trailer did they say that this is going to be an MMO. No, no. So, so, so what Sea of Thieves is in actuality is a sixty dollar sandbox game. Where you get to be a, go the high high seas and have lots of fun with friends or alone. Not saying you will be happy playing alone, but you could be. That this is, I'm talking. I've heard if you here. know what you're doing and you get like a fast loop, you can destroy people. Yeah, yeah, but so like, but uh, but yeah, but so like the idea is that a develop like like uh, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, well, no, the question is. We knew this was going to be heavily multiplayer based, but not an MMO. And like, for example, I heard a criticism recently that like horde modes and zombie modes used to be like a extra or an extra of the extra on video games. And now they're building entire full price video games around horde modes, around zombie modes, around these battle arenas. Don't even get me started. Maybe we'll get there. We'll, we'll, We'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. Um, so, but it, it, it's a, the, the biggest, the biggest problem is that it's a $60 game. Now, according to, it, it, and, and so a lot of people have a problem with that. And I want to put, I want to put bold and underline on that statement because if they cut the price in half, there'd be zero complaints right now. Likely. They probably, people will still Oh, no, 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 no. Like all the, all the like, Twitchers I listened to said the following. 
I really wanted to like this game. I wasn't cynical about it like No Man's Sky. I played for 10 hours. It was great. And then I was mostly done. And so we are openly recommending people get the season pass or whatever for one month for $10 a month or whatever the hell it's called. And not pay the full $60. But if they had priced it for $20 or $30 full price with some a little bit more content, would have for sure bought it and recommended it. But at $60 and how it is, can't recommend it. Right. So... Again, to the casual gamer. To the casual right. gamer. Now, now, the reason for this is that all of the DLC, all of the updates, all of the events that Sea of Thieves is going to include will be free. Mm. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. This is a brand new IP. This is made by Rare. Rare didn't do anything except make Connect games for the 360. Which isn't exactly a vote of giant confidence, but that's okay. Right. Well, no, it's not just that. It's that this is Rare's first statement to the world. And so is Rare's first statement to the world. If it's not a complete game, it's it's an indie game. It's it's an early access game. Um, I want to just point out really quickly that Rare's been around since 1985, has made Donkey Kong Country, 007, Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, and other games. But go ahead since the connect era like there's been a total yeah not since microsoft acquired them 15 years ago this is not this is not this is not the original rare that right uh, i'm talking about rare i'm just saying it begs the question as to whether it's the same company that we grew up with being like like a legendary company in the 80s and 90s what i'm saying yeah right exactly i knew who rare was in the 90s and i didn't know that i knew rare i knew the id software guys for doom you know i knew sierra online like i knew i knew blizzard like there was a handful you know i knew valve like that was it yeah um right so here's the thing mm-hmm. my, my my personal judgment on this game is i cannot i cannot state it yet until this first quote-unquote update which comes out in who knows how many months two three months all right until it comes out if it's beefy, great. This this game was totally worth it. Then, like they delivered a they, they delivered a great product with a great update. That who knows what it has in it to help fix this game. Who knows? Probably doesn't. They rare probably got their money. Okay, let's let's let's, let's rewind and take this one step at a time, real quick. So. What were the main promises that were getting people excited? And from your perspective, which ones were fulfilled and which ones weren't fulfilled? Everything they said was going to be in the game was fulfilled. Okay, so just, just please just be more specific if you could. Uh, again, for people who okay. haven't played the game so, or, whatever, or watched so, it. Yeah. So, so what people wanted was this great progression system that's it, that's, that was going to be in the game. That you were going to be able to upgrade your ship, get a better ship, get a stronger ship. Uh, upgrade your cannons, get a fire sword, like, uh, I don't know, spike armor, so like, whenever you get shot at, I, I, I don't know. But like, in the context of having a so- team that was with you also progressing at the same time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's what a little... Delivered, what, can, I make a little can, can I make a quick connection with, even though it's a totally different but, genre? But, but, Wait, hold on real quick. A totally different genre, but like, in general, the rise of things like MOBAs like League of Legends, like, you know, Heroes of the Storm, like Dota, whatever. Like having a team and it's competitive, but it's also about like building your team and stuff like that. 
Uh, or Overwatch, which, by the way, I, oh, this is what I was what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry to interrupt your train of thought before. Looking back in the last five years of games of the year, Overwatch is the one that stands out because everything else is a giant open world game, basically. And then there's Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. So you're supposed to progress in this game, right. hopefully with a team, but to what end? So, so the so supposedly because very few people are there, and I haven't looked into it because I'm waiting for the streamers I watch to get there, plus myself to get there eventually. Um, but at the end of this road, this extremely long grind, which a lot of people think is boring and unflavorful, while I personally welcome it because I need a game in my life that is like just fun to play and relaxing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require much thought, but I can get to a, have a grind for it and just play play it. That That's what it does for me personally, which is why I like it. But that's besides the point. Uh, at the end of this road is legendary pirate pirate status, which is the ability to do go out on legendary pirate missions and get legendary pirate gear to show off that you're a legendary pirate. Which sounds great. It sounds cool. The problem is, are these legendary quests going to be interesting? Are like, is any of this going to be interesting to play or have fun with? And the the, the answer is we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But the way the way gaming works is. Within the first week, if the review's got to be finished, hell, the, and we're in the first day the review's got to be finished, so we got to get a review out there. So, you know, let's just review the game and move on. That That's kind of how it works. Well, to be fair, really quickly, to be fair, the dozen or so people I follow have been playing versions of this game for a few years and streamed the shit out of it for a week and had a blast doing so. But they all had the same reaction, which was our first 12 or so hours were super fun, and then we ran out of interesting things to do because stealing other people's gold to get cosmetics we don't care about wasn't enough of a motivation for progression. So, like, and that's part of the thing. It's like, you have to enjoy the content that's in the game. It's That's why it's a sandbox. But it looks Not empty a- to me. When I watch it, it just looks like an empty world that's gorgeous, but it doesn't look... It just doesn't look habitated. I mean, d- you know, Destiny always feels crowded and habitated. You know, World Warcraft. I mean, just the, the, the maybe. And, and I know part of this is because they're trying to split between computers and consoles, and consoles can only handle like what twenty four person dungeons or whatever. Like, like, nope, that's not it at all. Okay, mm-hmm. nope, that's not it at all. Okay, the way the way they set it up is that it went when you see a ship on the on the seas, it feels surprising. It feels like there's imminent danger mm-hmm. because that's how it feels for me. Especially as a solo player, but like regardless, if it was like, and I've I've played with like four man crews before as well, so I, I'm speaking from dual experience here. Like regardless, if there is a bigger ship, a little ship, like or I'm alone or I'm with a group of people, if you see a ship on the horizon, you f- like regardless of whether or not you're interested in the loot or not, I feel the urge to go take them down, regardless if I can win or not, or if I have a boat full of loot. And I see a ship on the horizon, regardless of how big it is, I am heck scared because I'm like, I'm not taking any risk. What if they have an explosive barrel, which is something you get, you can get a gunpowder barrel. And- Why are you fighting them? What are you fighting for? I'm not going to fight them. I'm, I'm afraid they're going to come after me. Okay, but what are, are you running for? Have time. What are you running to get? I- what, are you, what are you ultimately trying to get in the game? Well, that, that's the, so, so that's part of the problem. Yeah, it is. Is that for a lot of people, it's like the cosmetics and the for the sake of being a pirate is not enough. For me, for my needs, what I see this game as 
it's it's fine. But for sixty dollars, and I can agree with this statement for mostly everybody, that's not a good enough reason. And this is part of the problem with the structure of gaming sales is that if they had marketed this op- truthfully as some of you are going to love this and play the shit out of it. Most of you will really enjoy it for a couple of weeks with your friends. So we're just going to charge you 20 or $30 for it. And then you don't have to feel guilty, but see, this is the thing with microtransactions, man. It's the whole buyer's remorse. It's like, well, I've already sunk this much money and I can't stop now. You know, it's like opening packs for digital card games or whatever, or, or, or physical card games, even like magic or whatever. Right. It's like, well, I've already invested right. this much. I got to keep investing. I got to keep investing. I'm not saying this is you, but I'm saying most, people are scared of that if they just marketed this as a fun the problem is it seems to me it's a giant mode of a game built around the structure of a game that's not a full game is is what is to me but again i'm a single player guy and i truly believe the best open world 300 hour plus experience you know uh game experiences are Skyrim and Horizon and Zelda and games like that. I, I can't help it. And I'm about to start The Witcher 3, which I probably will take 300 hours on, which I've actually never done in real life. And I'm kind of scared to start it because I know how giant and addictive it is. I'm a little scared. <laughs> so, like, so, but, but here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Where did perfect by means of marketing? They announced the problem. They, 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 when, they, when they saw that people were like, there's a there's fire swords and like when when that was when that became the discussion of hey this stuff is not actually in the game where was like this stuff is not actually in the game and you guys bought it re- like while we announced it to the world so it's not our fault here that you imagined something that did not happen and went with it anyway well there's the question that, that, here's that the question super, who was more on, delusional on. in this case the developers or the fans in terms of expectations like well, i'm saying what, what if you were putting it on a scale was it more over promising or was it more fans expecting too much from what was promised i'll go 80 20 okay and, and 80 on the fan side here's why mm-hmm. so and this was about to get into so case in point we will remember this for all time as this is the like the prime infamous example that is No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Okay? No Man's Sky is the perfect example of where the fans definitely overhyped it, but Sean Murray, who was like the one of those like six developers and the guy who was like who was like the PR guy, um, he basically went out there and didn't attempt to quash any of the assumptions that were being made about the game whoa major studios having pr problems i've never heard of this before (laughs) well no but but here's the thing here's the thing when was the last time you bought a game okay a a game on launch Mm -hmm. when when this is this is hard for you never like you generally don't buy games not since the 90s when i would buy every blizzard real-time strategy game on launch okay yeah uh did you did you see the half-life trailer and then buy half-life at launch or I was already moving away from games by the time Half-Life became a thing, but if I was still like the 14-year-old to me, I would have bought that on launch, yes. Okay, so that's perfect. Okay, did you assume anything about the game before before you... Mm, before I remember you that it was like a little buggy and weird, but that was my only real recollections. Okay. So the way the, way the gaming world works now... Which, which is, by, what, really, by the way... We, 
which is how Blizzard won the 90s, is by not being buggy. Like, almost no major right. Blizzard releases in the 90s were buggy, but go ahead. Which somehow people can still get away with today, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, anyway, so... Um, trying to thought. Um, You're talking about the, 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 the promises versus the expectations. Right. So, Sean Murray did not, did not go out of his way to quash anything. In fact, he overhinted at the idea that things like multiplayer and other things were in the game, which, if we're being perfectly honest, were in the game just nowhere near the way that they were expected to be. Mm -hmm. And so it created this this disillusion of what the game was actually going to be like. Right. Now, you fast forward to Sea of Thieves, and lo and behold, uh, everything everything that was promised to be in Sea of Thieves was promised to be in Sea of Thieves. Mm -hmm. But... No Man's Sky will always be remembered for the idea that it overpromised. It overpromised, and this idea of hype that surrounded the community for a year and a half. Because you got to remember, 2015, No Man's Sky got the award for most anticipated for 2016. Fast forward to 2016, where's No Man's Sky in the Game of the Year awards? Oh wait, it was bad. No one wanted it there. Except well, it wasn't it's interesting because I go back and listen to some old podcasts. People were already talking about games like Cuphead and Persona in like 2015 and 2016. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you, in an in a alternate universe, you could be like, oh man, Cuphead was so overhyped. Oh man, Persona was so overhyped. Nope. They took exactly the extra time they needed with those games and now they're both instant classics. So that's not an excuse. Right. Yeah. Right. So... Here's the so like here's the here's the ultimate dilemma, which is, do you do like like and I, again, this is part of the problem, which is game developers don't sell games. It's not their job to sell a game. Yeah, it's the publisher's job to sell a game. And the and PR the department too is a big to problem. Big problem. But guess but guess who funds the PR department? I know the publisher. No, no. What I'm saying is, this has been coming out a lot that the people that are now being hired in PR departments in the major companies are really nice and even smart and experienced people, but not in the industry. And so mm-hmm. they end up like defending the games and creating panic when they shouldn't be and overconfident in areas they shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like the, just not informed and educated on the games themselves. And so the developers are getting screwed over and over again. And, and I, the, the category of the people in the video game industry, I feel the worst for in 2017 are the, 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 the backroom developers of Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. The people who actually Absolutely. were making that gorgeous and what could have been an amazing art game. De- art department for Battlefront 2. Mwah. Great job, guys. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Your name is permanently attached to this piece of work. Sorry. You're never getting a job ever again. Yeah. Or how about the people at Bioware who were fired because people were unhappy with the ending of Mass Effect 3, and then we got the Mass Effect Andromeda team, which, speaking of an open-world game that promised the world and did nothing, Mass Effect was the single-player version of that, even though supposedly the combat is decent. I couldn't even get far enough in that goddamn game to experience it. Like, I mean, like, listen, the last game that was good that EA ever released was A Way Out, which just came out, okay? Hmm. Like... We don't we don't need to talk about EA's faults, but yes, as examples, those are perfect examples. Um, now, here, here here's my final point on Sea of Thieves, and here's where I could tie it into the rest of the industry. Sea of Thieves is a great game. Is it worth sixty dollars? We don't know until it releases all of its content. 
But the problem is, is that it feels like an early access game like this. And guess what else is an early access game that's insanely popular that didn't deliver on all of its promises yet? Or at least it feels like it did. PUBG. PUBG, which has slowly been dying due to Fortnite's success, which is also a yeah. great... Yeah, my little cousins play Fortnite, man. They like it more Everybody than PUBG. Everybody and yeah. their grandmother has played Fortnite, okay? Or heard of Fortnite. <laughs> which is fine. Like, I, I give two shits about the game itself, but it certainly seems more creative on the surface, at least, well, than right. PUBG. So, so uh, are, are, you, are you ready to hear, like, some conspiracy theory, like, interloping, like, game developers? Like, like not, not as if it's actual conspiracy theory, but, like, like it's it ties together almost like the Illuminati and like some other stuff does. Yeah, go. Okay, so you have PUBG. You you have all of these early access games that are thriving for your attention because they all are based upon fantastic ideas. Case in point, Sea of Thieves. Even though it's not early access, but most people consider it to be based on how it released, or at least I do. Um, great idea fun game it's not complete it doesn't feel like a complete game a lot of people say it's a complete game code carnage basically plays only rpgs and mmos and some other stuff said it's not a complete game it's not a complete game um almost every streamer like you said like no it's like it doesn't feel complete so uh stuff like that PUBG, which really started to ramp up this battle royale track that came out which is probably solely responsible for fortnite br all right. Um, released a $30 early access game. Released a quote-unquote released game uh, a couple months ago. Still not fully optimized, but everyone's biggest complaints with the game was that it was never fully optimized, and it probably still isn't. Hmm. Uh, I haven't played that. I haven't played much recently. Hmm. It doesn't feel great. It's, it's an example of a game at a time, we'll talk about this some other time, of Unreal Engine where you don't use Unreal Engine unless you're literally trying to put everything into the graphics. Hmm. But, um... Well, that's... It, it feels like... It, it, it feels like... It, well, sorry. It, they didn't optimize the game. They did Well, no, I was they gonna say, I mean, fucking life... They're focused on making money. Life is Strange uses the Unreal 4 engine. There's a lot of reasons you use the Unreal Engine. Right, but it's, it, it's, mo- it's mostly criticized as the greatest graphical engine there is. It's also very it's open source code for people to make right. stuff. So yeah, right. Well, that well that that's why it's so efficient mm-hmm. because it you could literally make any game with it right. and make it look really good. Um, because Unreal Engine, in a sense, is technically an engine that doesn't exist yet mm-hmm. because you have to make it. Um, anyway, besides the point. Um, with um, so you do have the stuff with PUBG. And this is where it really starts to tie in because all of what you see, and you you've recently been exposed to Steam Greenlight and Steam in general, and all these indie games mm-hmm. and all of this fun stuff and stuff like Cuphead, where like this was super successful because they put it through seven years of making. Yep. But then you have these guys who just release games on the regular for thirty dollars. You have DayZ, you have H1Z1, you have uh, PUBG where they release their game, or quote-unquote release it, when they're nowhere near... Like, it, this is not a complete game. But, you, you quote-unquote, uh, sponsored the game by paying for it because you looked at what it had potential in. 
And so gamers in general feel ripped off because their product was never fully realized, at least to what they wanted it to be. Yeah. And it and if you look at Fortnite, this is about to make this is about to loop back and make a ton of sense. Fortnite's been in development for a long time. Save the World, which was the PVE game out game mode, came out fall last year, or uh, yeah, early fall. Early fall. Um, it released at forty dollars. It's an early access title that was supposed that's supposed to become free after one year. Now they released the BR as a free game mode on the side, regardless. But that was the, the idea is that Fortnite is going to become like this. Uh, you know what Gmod is. Gary's mod? Uh, yes, yes. But could you describe it, to the listener? I know from very recently, yeah. Basically, Gary's mod is this, like, open editor from Valve that takes all of, like, Counter-Strike's and Half-Life's files or other files that you can upload and throw in via open source. And you could create, like... It, it, it's basically like a giant open sandbox game with different game modes, and you can create stuff within that sandbox. Uh, it's basically Sea of Thieves, but ten dollars and involves everything, hmm. but not including pirates. It's, but it doesn't look great. It doesn't look anywhere near as good as Sea of Thieves does. Anyway, so um, they're they're trying to make Fortnite like a platform sandbox style game where like you have multiple game modes and you just launch the game and you're like maybe I want to play PVE, maybe I want to play PvP, maybe I want to do this, maybe I want to do that, whatever. People for a long time after Minecraft have been trying to create this this next ultimate game genre that will or game IP that will take the world by storm and make them a ton of money. Fortnite is going to be the first one to probably do it. But all of these early access games, it, like that. I would say, I would argue that it's their goal in mind to create this early act, whatever the game is, to take the next IP to take over the mm-hmm. the, the, the the social aspect mm-hmm. of gaming to be, to, be, to be the front face. Mm-hmm. Uh, a perfect example of what I mean by that is right now at the Franklin Institute because we live in Philadelphia. Woo! Uh, Sixers. Guess what? Guess what's sitting downtown at the Franklin Institute that they just unveiled? Hmm. The, the the social the, the social thing of gaming, which includes many bright faces. Guess who's right there, set front and center? Minecraft. Steve from Minecraft, hmm. along with Sonic, which I don't oh, understand. Oh God, how Mario, get rid of Sonic. Get out of here. I don't. I don't understand how Mario was in there and Sonic is, but whatever. Um, so stupid. Anyway, you get the idea. So, I I have a feeling. That all of these early access games are trying to be this brand new great IP that the world loves, and Fortnite is the first one to do it successfully. Um, and all these other projects are the failed, the the the, the failed option, the, the the failed tests of what could have been. Um, to prove my point, to show that it's just it's just not Fortnite. Uh, things like Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Stardew Valley. When Stardew Valley is developed by one guy. When Stardew Valley came out, uh, a year afterwards, that guy was a millionaire because of how successful Stardew Valley is. Yep. And all he did was make the greatest Harvest Moon game of all time, which 
let's be let's be clear here it's not an easy feat because he literally made the entire game by himself yeah or at least he did the entire coding of like game design of it mm -hmm. like the art i'm sure he had someone else do but and the music but like you get the idea so right. things like PUBG, you saw it huge take off but it was immediately dethroned by by fortnite because fortnite is probably the better game and the more lovable one as you can clearly see by the fact that everybody and their grandmother has heard see, it and, and that, that seems to be newer to me than to you it seems to me that PUBG was really taking over a few months ago and fortnite now is just like spanked it like to death well you see the numbers swap side because a few months ago it was 120,000 on twitch to 33,000 on twitch and now it's the other way around where hmm. fortnite has 120,000 and PUBG has 33 um Interesting. That's partially because of influential streamers, but that's besides that. That's besides the point. Um, hmm. So, what I'm what I'm trying to show off here is that um, publishers are in it. Like, like at the end of the day, the publishers are in it for the money, which is fine. That's how business works. That's how capitalism works. But what they don't understand is that they will create a very much more successful project if they let the developers. Uh, have a lot more control um not full control because game development is very expensive but it, it when, when you let when, when you let game development thrive generally the product thrives stardew valley and fortnite are key examples of that because they made yes maybe fortnite wrote off the br hype battle royale hype but they made an excellent product Fortnite itself is an excellent product because they they made it was like five years or something they've been making Fortnite. So when you when you let this thrive, it becomes a great product. And when you push the product, <clears throat> Destiny Two, which was had two years in development and then had to re scrap everything in a, a year and six months, um, like two years of progress down the drain in replacement for a year and six months under a different director which is never good as we both know um mass effect is like the, the big example there mm -hmm. um generally you get a better product and you get better you, you get better results you get a better game you get better everything as far as things are concerned um i just Nintendo, think if i can just it, jump in real quick go ahead go ahead, go ahead. It's interesting that not only has, has, has Fortnite clearly overtaken uh, PUBG, they almost gave Game of the Year to an unfinished game, PUBG. They almost gave mm -hmm. a Game of the Year. It's still losing, right? Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this over and over again, and this is definitely Old Man Bizzle, but what were most of the games that were nominated for most of the awards last year? They were primarily or only single-player experiences. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I grew up in an age where multiplayer was value-added. It was awesome that StarCraft came with one of the best first like multiplayer suites you know, that were out there in the 90s. You could play with friends, you could play on Kali and then Battle.net and so forth, but there was dozens of hours of solo play in there, campaign and otherwise. And when I hear terms like multiplayer only, early access, and then, you know, pre-order, DLC, microtransactions, like, I can't even deal anymore. Like, I'm not going to invest in any of those games. 
And to tie back to the beginning, that was sort of what I was saying about Destiny. was like, at least you knew, especially with Destiny 2, what you were getting into in terms of your time and money commitment, you know? But so many of these games, like No Man's Sky and Sea of Thieves, to different degrees, they keep people interested for years because of things they promise. But even at the time, you listen back and the people who know what they're talking about are like, I still don't know what's in this game. I don't know what's in this game. What is in this game? And they'll play Sea of Thieves. They'll be like, I had a really great time. I still don't know what's in this game. We sail around. We fight. We get stuff we don't really need. You know what I mean? Like It's fine if people enjoy that. But this is becoming the in- the industry is insane. Saying. I want to throw it to you about whether, um, let me put it this way, is esports responsible for all these things that I really dislike that are going on in the industry? Um, and if so, is that is that really an excuse, though, to be you know giving into it with all these shitty-ass multiplayer games just because Overwatch and Fortnite are making so much money or whatever? No. Uh, I would say not, because even the esports, like the esports community is maybe 5% of gaming is gaming as a whole. It's, it's, esports is like as prominent as VR is. But you can't deny that some of the traditional companies are looking at, uh, you know, League of Legends and so forth and being like, wow, they put out a free game and are making more money than we are. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you have to understand that that comes from excellent game design and the fan desire or gamer desire to enjoy such things mm-hmm. that doesn't come that uh, that comes from excellent game design and excellent game making not from forcing the issue there's a reason why the overwatch esports league is nowhere near as good as the league esports league because the league esports league is built on top of fan driven desire for the esports league and the overwatch's one is not it never was Mm-hmm. It was thrown in there because they felt because Blizzard wanted to force the issue. And to be fair, both Ubisoft and Bethesda have put out a ton of mostly or totally single player games in the last few years that have been horrible. So, you know, and weren't even intending it or like when they tried it with Assassin's Creed, but then it was like, fuck it, we're going to go back to just single player and Assassin's Creed. The games are still terrible. So I can't blame multiplayer for all the shittiness in the industry right now. So, uh, and, yeah, but, like, the other, the, the other thing you have to recognize is that uh, single-player games were the easiest things to make as multiplayer was not easily sustainable back when you were growing up. Well, single-player uh, used to be easy to make because... When we grew up, we thought it was awesome how hard old-school Nintendo games were. Now we realize they were unfairly hard because they didn't have enough content. And so the only way to get us right. playing for 70 hours was to make these impossible platforming challenges. You know, like, there's been some great videos in recent years about, you know, people my age revisiting games from the 80s and 90s and being like, these games kind of suck. It has nothing to do with the graphics. It's just there's, oh, yeah, there's only 90 minutes of content absolutely. in here, but they want us to play for 50 hours, right? Absolutely. My favorite game of all time, Pokemon Sapphire, mm-hmm. is littered with like bugs that would not fly in a Pokemon game today. Like, like you, you could, you could say, "Oh yeah, that you could literally skip over this entire encounter and then not be able to finish the game if you right. didn't know where to go." Yeah, like that would not fly in any game today. Yeah, but you know, but at least Pokemon has a progression system. 
I mean, whether it's a platformer or a 3D shooter, you're literally just blasting your way through levels, and then that's it. With RPGs, you at least have a progression system, and that's why I think, again... Dragon Age in 2014, The Witcher in 2015, you know, all the great RPGs uh, uh, culminating in Zelda in 2017, like open world RPGs are still winning the awards and people still want great Mass Effect games and so forth, despite the flaws and and the failures, because people ultimately want immersive, long, single player gameplay experiences and and companies need to realize that. I'm not saying stop League of Legends, Overwatch, PUBG, Fortnite, it's all great, that's fine. But give us immersive, long, single-player campaigns. The problem is, and, and I guarantee you, uh, we, there are at least three games in the works that we don't know of. Probably IPs that we've never heard of uh, before. Yeah, it's called Zelda yeah, 2 and Horizon 2. <laughs> no. <laughs> which I'm will probably about- fight again for Game of the Year in 2020 or whatever, which will be great. <laughs> I'm talking about... Oh, new IPs, sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead. New, I'm talking about new IPs. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm talking about things like Anthem. And let's just assume Anthem will be a complete... Never happening. Launch ...and will be decent and, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I can have my nope. own Iron Man suit nope. and fly around and have fun. Nope. And but- the Kojima game is never going to happen. None of these games are going to be good or happen. Death Stranding, Death Stranding will happen. That's not what I've heard. Death Stranding will happen. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um... But so, so my, my point, my point in that is very simply, um, like, those games exist. The problem, or well, they will exist. The problem is, is publishers are hasty. Publishers are hasty. You see it. You, you saw it with um, another great example, Titanfall 1. Yep. Titan, Microsoft spent so much money making Titanfall 1 an exclusive game to Xbox only and PC um, that they lost their Call of Duty sponsorship yeah. the following year when it didn't work out for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say if Titanfall Publishers 2 had amazing. been uh, released not in the middle of a million other famous first-person shooter games, it might have actually been one of the games of the year for some people. Why? Another perfect example. Battleborn. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. But Total Biscuit loved Battleborn. But, yeah. Dude, the Co-optional crew liked Battleborn a lot, but they, they realized because they're Blizzard people, they realized almost immediately that it was hopeless. Absolutely. It was hopeless. Yeah. It was hopeless. Yeah. They gave, they gave I, up on it even though they liked it because they're like... The reason... I love Gearbox. I love Gearbox. Gearbox makes great games, but, but 2K doesn't give a shit. No. And by the way, maybe, by the maybe way, 2K realized that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, never mind. And speaking of Gearbox, maybe, maybe. though, success of Borderlands, totally, in my opinion, based on the success of the co-op of the game. Absolutely. Because as a just Absolutely. regular looter shooter, it's not always the most fun and exciting game. Also, no one made Diablo with guns before. So, you know, that's also neat. Yeah, and the writing so, like, was amazing, but it was the co-op feature that really set it apart. Sure. Absolutely. No no one made Diablo with guns that was co-op. That like like that's what makes Borderlands super cool. Mm-hmm. Um it's also the only reason why Gearbox makes games anymore, but <sighs> mm-hmm. Can I ask you a really weird hypothetical as I'm still watching you here on sure. on, on your stream? Sure. By the way, this game still looks better than anything else out there, especially at ten eighty sixty. 
It looks great. Looks amazing. Uh, um, I think. Yeah. I think Witcher still looks better than this. Okay. But Interesting. As far as far as like a space shooter, mm-hmm. sure. This looks this this is probably the best on the market. Yeah. If you're not including Battlefront, but that's Star. Well, and Wars, I think the biggest problem yeah. is the problem that I've been bitching about since I was a kid as a computer gamer when there wasn't crossover with consoles. I think consoles are the problem. Consoles are always way behind. The games are too expensive. If you're a computer player, you get a better product for less money, but you have to wait for it, and there's usually more bugs. But, you know, like, as as buggy and horrible as Skyrim was for years, by the time they finally got the Skyrim bugs ironed out, and then they released all the mods, now people are putting 1,200 hours into it. You know what I mean? Like... Well, people were playing Skyrim since day one. No, no, I understand that, but I'm saying even people who have hated on Skyrim for being a buggy, ugly piece of shit, now, you know what I mean? Like... They finally got it. So with computers, you have to be more patient. Microsoft has a giant advantage because they make fucking computer software. And so, like, if they could shift people completely away from consoles into affordable computers that were just, you know, could be wireless on their television, there'd be no reason ever to get a console, right? They exist, but the technology, the, the technology of the idea mm-hmm. does not exist yet. So let me just ask you a quick question, though, watching you here, which was... So you know when you're when you're running around these environments, you know which parts are PvP and PvE, right? For the most part. Yes. Okay. Yes. What if someone told you after 300 hours that actually all the PvP was AI and you just didn't know it? Would that change your feeling about your experience of the game? Yeah, I would. I would realize that I suck even more because most of these people beat the living crap out of me. Hmm. But I'm saying, because you are competitive and you like going up against other real people, which is part of the appeal, mm-hmm. right? Whereas when you're playing a game that you know is single player, um, like the games last year that we loved, and you're fighting tons of monsters who are dumb as shit, but they could be powerful and whatever, like you know what's going on, that's a different experience. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is, is the experience of these PvP games, you know, the, the, these loot, uh, loot, looter shooter games or like Warcraft type games, like how much is dependent on just assuming you're facing worthy opponents as opposed to the actual gameplay? I don't know if you can actually sort that. Most games have a built-in um, MMR system, mm-hmm. something called MMR, which is matchmake ranking. Okay. That, that is fluctuated based upon... The people you play against, uh, so so per- perfect game league has this built into it. Mm-hmm. Other competitive games have this built into it. Um, so uh, for for ranked anyway, this is how it works. Yeah. Uh, so so, so we were playing the competitive game mode. Um, you have MMR match made ranking. It's calculated based on the people you play against, whether or not you beat them. So if you beat them, you go up. If you lose, you go down on the on the on the ladder. It's a ladder, and um, based on whether or not it goes up uh, up or down, depending on who you played against, win or loss, that dep- that determines how much it goes up or down. So let's say, uh, oh, and then also within that sphere, there could be other factors involved, but those are generally more complicated than not necessarily for the analogy of the ladder. Um, so let's say I played with my friend who was, uh, for sake of example here, I'm going to use League. League has a ranking system, uh, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, master. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say I'm gold and my friend is bronze. Okay. Now, he couldn't actually play with me in the real game, but 
for the sake of saying he can't play with me, he can play with me. Mm. Um, now, he will be forced to play against people against my ranking to keep it fair. Let's say we win the game. Due to the fact that he won the game, when he is bronze against gold players, that's significantly higher than quote-unquote what his MMR represents. So his MMR will go up a significant amount, and then his actual ranking where he climbs the ladder will go up as well. Hmm. But not anywhere near enough to make him gold. He still has to keep playing to get the gold. Once he gets the gold, he will start to be playing against other people similar in MMR style to gold players. Um, hmm. That's just a very simple explanation of how the rank system works, but it's the meat of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in most games, that's how that works. In Destiny, because Bungie is does not do things when they're supposed to, um, or release things when they're supposed to, right. or Destiny 2 is a big disappointment, we, we can move past this. Uh, Destiny 2 does not have a ranking system. Uh, if you're playing the competitive game mode, you're playing the competitive game mode and you'll get placed down on Marwise against other people, but there's no ladder to climb. Mm. Um, so, as far as the game is concerned, uh, and this is just for most games in general, uh, there's also a casual playlist or casual game. Mm. Casual generally does not have an MMR ranking. Sometimes it does, mm-hmm. depending on what game it is. League is one of those games. Sure. Um, but the casual playlist will also determine who you play against, but it is much more forgiving. Hmm. It's generally a much wider bracket. Mm-hmm. So it can get you into games faster. Hmm. All right. uh, because when you implement skill-based matchmaking, which is your skill level versus finding other players of similar skill level, it will always take longer to find someone of mm-hmm. the same skill mm-hmm. than it will to find to not have to find someone of the same skill. Because if you could just queue up with any eight random people, you're good to go. But if you've got to find seven other people that have the same similar ranking that you do, it's going to take a lot longer. Hmm. Um, and Destiny tried that once, and it did not work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, man. So I would like to end, if you're cool, with one Bizzlecast question that's nothing to do with video games. And then we'll finish on Twitch and streaming on the high note on some like streamers we like and things we've been uh, enjoying. Sure. Awesome. Um, Bizzlecast question. Have you seen Black Panther? I have not. I'm seeing it tomorrow. I would be very interested in my opinion in talking to you about it if you have a strong opinion in any way or or whatever Um, i hear it is excellent i mean you know you can understand why underserved communities in this country would be super pumped about it and it's an amazing movie and looks unbelievable but like even my little cousins who aren't normally into this stuff were like so stoked about black panther so I think you'll like it, but uh, go into it with an open mind. I'd be very curious to hear what you have to say about it. Maybe even on the Bizzlecast on a short podcast, if you feel like. Well, it. I'm excited to see it. It's, yeah. I'm, it's it's just like it's just like it's one of those things that like I would rather keep a level head about while going into because I don't want to assume. Yeah. That no, don't assume it anything. Is excellent for the sake yeah. of being excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. everyone else is excellent. Because that's what Fortnite is. Well, well the cool, the cool, excellent. The cool thing about the Black Panther movie—I'm not going to give away anything—but like the comic, 
it's barely what you would normally expect in a comic book story or like you kind of universe like you'll say like if it's in the marvel universe but it's totally its own thing which is great um and uh yeah so um if, if you feel like it i would love to have you back on to, to talk about sure. it so Absolutely. um just bookmark that so cool and um yeah and i would just say I was not that excited about the new Avengers movie until I saw Black Panther and realized that like Black Panther is playing a huge part in the Avengers movie. Um, also, you probably saw that Black Panther is now the highest grossing comic book movie ever in this country. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's great. Um, so cool, man. Um, so I'm trying to think of any other small Bizzlecast questions. I don't think so. There hasn't been anything that particularly interesting coming out or anything. So we'll save that for later. So, okay, man. So, like I said, like I knew what Twitch was, but like, you know, up until six or eight months ago, I just wasn't really paying attention. And I started following Jesse Cox and Dodger and those people who do a lot of their stuff on YouTube, but also Twitch a lot. And to be honest with you, I don't end up watching their live Twitch feeds that long that often because I just don't have the patience and it's hard to do in the background. But the fact that I can subscribe to them for $2.99 or $4.99 as like a way of supporting them directly because I have consumed so much, like, for example, watch from beginning to end the playthrough, the joint playthrough of Jesse Cox and Dodger doing the original Life is Strange and the prequel, and the, the prequel to the prequel which just came out, which ended the series, which was great, with Ash- Ashley Birch back now writing and, and, and performing and, and that stuff. I'm like, you know what? I really want to support these guys, and the fact that you can do it through Twitch is pretty cool. Um... Maybe, you know, we'll talk sometime about, like, the ups and downs of how YouTube is treating their streamers, how Twitch is treating their streamers. I think we can agree Twitch seems to be ahead on a number of fronts on that point at the moment, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Yeah, definitely. And, like, you're starting to see, like, the... The, the platforms starting to enter the enter the market here, mm-hmm. uh, such as Facebook, such as Mixer. Yep. Uh, Mixer is the the Microsoft owned uh, streaming platform. Yep. For those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very interesting because I've uh, I've I follow a I, fo- I follow a group of streamers, and uh, one of them just got signed over to Facebook. He he got a deal that he couldn't refuse, and he gets quadruple the exposure that he does from twitch and on facebook because they they're kind of like lording him to yep. like all people all over on facebook yep and uh another guy who got, got signed over onto mixer from twitch because hmm. they they both platforms offered them better deals than was on twitch so it's it's, it's, it's interesting to watch they're going to watch mm-hmm. uh these these streaming platforms turn into something different and uh, from my perspective, two things that are really a couple things that are working really well for Twitch right now is they're starting to get mainstream media coverage. And some of it is negative, but most of it is positive. Like Drake playing Fortnite recently, for example, was like a huge deal. Um, and um, that's what you need as a media outlet is a mixture of some good press and a little bit of weird press. You know, like that's just a society right. we live in. That's, if something gets popular, everyone's going to try and get on it, you know. Right. Um, but people like Dodger and Jesse and total biscuit. They don't have any official uh, promotions with Twitch, but they're always invited to Twitch con and Twitch is always trying to hit them up to do stuff because every time they go on to stream, even if it's an IRL stream or whatever, they're looking at two to 5,000 concurrent viewers for six hours. 
mm-hmm. um, which is significant. And then there's guys like Cry. I don't know if you know Cry, Cryotic, um, who doesn't, who's famous for not showing his face. He has like anime th- yep. drawings and he, he is like, um, he is the highest female demographic of any of the Twitch streamers. He has about 46% women on his stream even though he doesn't show his face which is really interesting um he's also hilarious and really sweet guy and the fact that i got into all this because i actually knew jesse and dodger from will wheaton's tabletop show on youtube um (laughs) which was a revolutionary youtube show that started like five or six years ago wrapped up after four seasons part of the geek and sundry nerdist network and so forth and millions of people watching will wheaton and a bunch of like video game uh voiceover nerds and internet personalities play board games you know get a million to three million hits or whatever like a part so there's a real connection between board games and video games more than ever before which i'm sure you are cool with and you know mm-hmm. um can understand and this is where i'm going to start my first question man which is because i do want to ask specifically about uh twitchers and streamers that you like and stuff like that and like why uh, like okay so the big question i'm about to ask you after this one is why do some great games not stream very well and why do some so-so games stream excellently is a really interesting question right um so we're going to build to that but very very quickly i'm going to name a couple of games here okay hearthstone civilization five and six I'll take Civilization in general for that. Civilization, Hearthstone, StarCraft. What do these games have in common? Well, they are strategy games to varying degrees that get some of the highest concurrent Twitch viewers consistently for years now, right? But you also Starcraft have esports, which Starcraft and Hearthstone in particular in that category. Right. Yeah. You certainly have esports, but most like you know people don't tune in to watch like single player Call of Duty, for example, or something like that. Right. If they're gonna Not unless it's launch day, but yeah. And one of the biggest problems Overwatch is having is that again, this is me knowing a lot about Overwatch, but never actually playing it or really watching it that much. Is that the? I don't think. The, the the viewing experience, at least at the moment, is as good as it needs to be to sustain what they want as like a major sports league, basically. Um, so <clears throat> I'm throwing a lot out there, but I want to ask you really quickly, what do you think... Um, let's start with the positive question. What do you think streaming and Twitch culture is doing well in terms of promoting good games, good personalities playing the games and like all that sorts of stuff? Like what are sort of the positive trends you've seen in the last couple of years of streaming when it comes to all sorts of kinds of video games and not just the typical ones you'd think might be on stream if you didn't know, like civilization, like Hearthstone, et cetera. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, mm-hmm. gaming events, mm-hmm. gaming tournaments, esports. All three of those, all three of those six, I would categorize as like gaming events in general. The 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 socialization of us gamers in a place that we can all go to. With whoa, 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 dude! Gamers are nerds with no life and no social skills. Come on, we all we all know that. None of us have friends. We never leave the house. We don't even know how to talk to other people. What's a girlfriend? <laughs> What's a vagina? Uh, exactly. Um, Sorry. Um, Wait, the butt goes where? Yeah. 
Um, but so so. Oh, dating but, sims too. Sorry, Japanese dating sims do great online. That's the internet, though. Um, <laughs> um, well, so look, so it all serious. It all serious. Let me can so, wait. Let me give you. You wait, know what? I'm going to do this traditionally. Let me give you my one answer, which is again not nearly as representative or or uh, as complex as your is going to be. And then I want to hear all your reasons for why this is happening. My understanding is, and again very consciously coming through very specific individual personalities into this culture, right? Like watching Jesse Cox's playthrough of Horizon Zero Dawn got me into both Twitch and Horizon Zero Dawn and forced me to buy a new PlayStation specifically because of that experience. And people who say that they, you know, it's copyright infringement and they shouldn't, you know, give free advertising to these companies. Like I am exhibit A. I watched Jesse Cox play all of Horizon and all it made me want to do was buy a PlayStation, buy Horizon and play the whole fucking thing. Right. So I I think that, you know, like Nintendo, for example, is being very resistant to this sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, but I think, I think what I'm trying to say is, for me, it's the personalities. I've really liked, quote-unquote, meeting or coming across and getting to know some of these really zany, bizarre, but funny and relatable personalities like Total Biscuit and Jesse and Cry and fucking Quill and Mathis and Sinvicta, and I'm just going to keep dropping names of people I see on the podcast. Your names are probably very different, but would you agree? And then you can lead into your longer explanation that like the personalities or what you're watching, it's not just the game. Per- per- personalities are definitely part of it. Yep. They, they're definitely a crucial part. Um... Uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, social events are huge because it brings people together. Brings people who love video games together to do whatever the event is to, meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in essentially celebrate gaming uh, in whatever gaming fashion. Um, you have personalities, you have people who are gamers who are being social with each other in, a, in an environment of whatever game it is. Mm. And then you have, um, and I'd say those are the two big reasons that I can think of the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, um, let's, let's get specific. Talk about two or three Twitch or streaming personalities that you like and what you like about them, but the games they're playing, the way they approach the game, the way they approach their fans and so forth. Okay. So, uh, my favorite streamer, uh, his name is King Italian. Uh, he is a... 31-year-old, 31, 32, something like that. I don't know. He's a 30-year-old um, Florida man dad who wears Hawaiian shirts all day and just loves fun, have, having fun with video games. He's a Destiny streamer, or that's how he, that's how he basically his channel blew up. Uh, he was a Borderlands guy originally, and uh, he's a PC nerd and like he, he's various things that I am also that I enjoy listening to and just being in his stream to participate in with. Um, he likes to treat everyone in his chat equally. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, on Twitch, there's an ability to exclude people from your chat by enabling sub only mode. Subscribers you only. Have to be, yeah, you have to you have to have paid four ninety nine to Twitch. Half of which goes to the streamer to talk in the chat. 
Uh, he doesn't believe in that. He believes in letting everyone talk. And he just believes in letting everyone have a voice. Uh, that's kind of it. Uh, he just loves having fun. And people who are... What's his name? Destroying fun or taking King Cathalion. Okay, I'm looking this up real quick. Keep going. He believes it in, in if he if you're taking away fun, if you're not if you're not engaging in the if you're not enhancing the fun, you're trying to troll or take away from it, you don't need to be here. You can he'll mm-hmm. just remove your chat ban, just chat ban you. Mm-hmm. Boom, done. Problem does, solved. Does he and, use and, uh, moderators, and, which is a big thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And he started something called Guardian Con, which is uh, under its fourth year now. It started accidentally as a Destiny social meeting event, and now they have raised over $2 million for St. Jude. Hmm. Uh, I just want to point... They're going, yeah. they're, going to their next, they're going to their fourth year here, which is going to include big-name streamers like Ninja, who is the highest Fortnite streamer. Yes. The biggest Fortnite streamer. Let's let's table let's table Ninja because that that's a cool thing to talk about maybe mm-hmm. later. That was the Drake stream. Um, yeah. And but by the so, way, by the way, yeah. he mm-hmm. represented the Twitch stream in a really classy way when he started getting interviews and stuff after that happened. The people yeah. I watch that you know try not to be resentful of like the minecraft streamers or the fortnite streamers or whatever you know they were they were even though they don't necessarily watch uh ninja's videos they were very impressed with how he handled himself and mostly how little the mainstream media understood about the culture and what was going on and they didn't really start taking him seriously until he mentioned that he was making half a million dollars a month uh on twitch and they're like you're making half a million this is a real thing and he's like yeah it's a real thing (laughs) like open your fucking eyes yeah um but really quickly um your guy um i'm forgetting his name again king Italian. uh has hundreds of thousands of more followers than total biscuit or the people i follow who are very popular he's he's over 800 yeah he's extremely at towards the top of all this yeah he's in the top 50 yeah so he's so he gives off the regular guy vibes but but also knows what he's doing but I've been watching him, and mm-hmm. this is this is not a, this is not I've been here. It's not a, I've been here since the no, thing. No one thinks I've that. Been wa- I've been watching him since he had twelve thousand followers. If you think about that, dude, that's a very that's a very you know, dude, different. First of all, you'd never have to apologize for this. No one thinks you're bragging. I'm the guy who talks about I've been playing Warcraft since 1994. So you know, like. Sorry, people. We're honest on the Bizzlecast. We'll say our flaws, but we're going to be honest. Ethan's been behind this stuff for a long time, and I think it's cool that you're still following him and that he's still accessible to you as someone, even as he's blown up way beyond even what you probably expected, maybe. Yeah. So what sets him apart, as an example, uh, compared to other streamers for you? He hasn't compromised. He hasn't changed. Mm Mm-hmm. Since I, I at least not not in the same not in the way that I've known other people to, uh, other people getting wrapped up in dumb stuff. Um, good example. I used to watch a YouTuber named Syndicate. He was a big Minecraft guy, and uh, I love Call of Duty Zombies. He used to do he did Call of Duty Zombies, hmm. so that's why I watched him. Um, now keep in mind this is back in 2010. This is a very different era. Um, when Minecraft was still not the hottest thing on the block. Um, so, uh, but then he, 
got involved with Counter-Strike, and he is now infamously known as a guy who was involved with CSGO Lotto, which is, if you don't know, CSGO is uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which is the current version of Counter-Strike. Um, employs a lot of, and Valve employs a lot of microtransaction tactics to get you to open crates so you can get randomized weapon skins that look cool and are value. You could sell them on the in-Steam market mm-hmm. for different values solely based upon, like, real-world, like, stock, um, like, influencers, such as whether people want them, want the skin or not. Um, and so you can, you can unbox a two fifty crate, $2.50 crate for, um, and get $700 out of it, or you can get 13 sets. Um, and so there was a website that allowed you to link your Steam account and bet these skins to get more money out of it. And he frequently used the site and rigged the bets because he owned the site in his favor in his YouTube videos, and then did not disclose the fact that he owned the website. Wait, who, who is this? Uh, this is a guy named Syndicate. Did he, ha- did he have a handshake deal with uh, Valve? No, you, just Valve allows people to connect their account via third no, party. No, no, I understand that, but what I'm saying was, was it revealed when this came out that he had a backdoor handshake deal? A back, no, back- no one has a, no, no one with, That's and what I still, they, okay. these gambling sites are still out there, you can still do these things, Okay, but they, no one has a handshake deal with Valve. I can't it's get on just, Twitch, by the way, on any of my devices right now. Don't worry about it, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, the problem is, was that, that he didn't declare that he was the one out there that, that he owned the site because he was advertising the site without disclosing it was his. Um, and so it led a bunch of 12 year olds to then steal their parents' credit cards hmm. and bet on the site. And then parents get mad because parents, you know, what's interesting which, when it comes to the streamer side of this, like with the Seneca thing you're talking about mm-hmm. is that, not only does that happen way less frequently than you might think if you're super cynical, and I don't blame you, anyone for being super cynical in our world, but by the way, he by the way, just just for just for clarification, he did settle a lot of cases, and he's an all right guy. I don't I don't watch him anymore. Well, but- that's what I'm saying. Like even in that case, it wasn't like he was Stalin, you know. Like mm-hmm. people right. people bad about it doesn't excuse what he did. But what I'm saying is. 99% of the horrible stealing money of video game uh, consumers is happening on the, uh, you know, the publisher side of things, not from streamers who are very open with their fans. And if you're not nice to your fans and don't treat them well and have them subscribe and contribute to you, you're not going to have fans. Right. Which sounds like, it sounds like your guy still gets. Right. And, or, or, or as another example, Mm -hmm. and I know you wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Logan Paul. <clears throat> um, Logan Paul, the, the, the Paul brothers started out as brothers who tried to one-up each other through extreme pranks. Fine, I would watch something like that, but then it got too far, and now he just does stupid stuff for the reaction. Another example of compromising. They're also from a family of extremist, old-school, white supremacist Republicans, so it doesn't help the I, situation. I'm not... 
I'm whatever. I'm I'm not here to attack someone's politics. I'm not attacking attack anyone. If you know what Rand Paul or Ron Paul stand for, you know that that's the case. I mean, it's like not hidden. Whatever. Um, but um, regardless of that, like. Oh, this is cool. You're, la- you're la- a little la- 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 speeder bike. Laughing at a dead person. Wait, what, what happened? I'm just watching you on the speeder bike here. It reminds me of uh, oh, Return oh. of the Jedi. Yeah, it's dope. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's so many jokes made about that. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, Dude, jokes? Are you kidding me? I'd love to do it. I'd play the game just for that. Fuck it. Oh, no, no, no. Like, it interviews, like, the like one of the game director, one of the person, like, he interviews the game director. And he's like, so have you ever seen Return of the Jedi? <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm sorry to derail us. I'm just. I finally got back on Twitch sure. and I'm watching you here, and it looks gorgeous. Thing is, I played so many shitty, janky, controlled third, uh, first-person shooters the last few years. Like I would almost play Destiny Two at this point just for how smooth it is and how beautiful it is as a shooter. Honestly, you know, you can grab. Um, oh, I can lend it to you if you want, but you probably don't want it with Witcher when you're going to play Witcher. But. Um, you can grab Destiny One for like three dollars. <laughs> what about on your Xbox? Can I play it on your X- like Destiny Two on your Xbox? Uh, I don't have it on Xbox. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. But it's not cross-platform you, you, though, right? So even you if take I take my yeah. No, it's not cross-platform. No, 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 no. Dude, no. if it was cross-platform, I would pay for it. Take your Xbox and we could play together. But since it's not, there's no way, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I know people were like, I'll pay $10 for cross-platform. <laughs> please let me have it. Yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah. I played So Destiny wait, so where are you out. going with Logan Paul, by the way? I, w- I was just saying, as a guy who, like, compromised, because, like, his fan base started off as people, like, of brothers trying to one-up each other through extreme pranks. Sure, that sounds like something stupid that would happen on the internet. And then it friends. turned into a guy doing stuff for the reactionary stuff, going to Japan and saying a lot of racist crap, including laughing in front of a dead body that was he went looking for a dead body suicide. in a suicide forest. I'm sorry. That's called snuff. I don't know if your generation knows what snuff film is, but like the original disgusting reality TV happened way back in the black and white days where there were certain movies where people would get killed in gruesome ways that looked so realistic. And in a couple of cases it was, uh, it's what got it to a genre called snuff where you're actually watching people getting killed on film or whatever. So it's, it's pretty how about, ugly. Uh, how about, how about, uh, how about a complete lack of disrespect? Because a minute after he sees the body, he's laughing at it. So I mean, the way he portrays women on his channel as well, it's absolutely disgusting. And by the way, what? he's had a mm-hmm. Twitch account for six months and hasn't posted a video. And you know what? I don't think Twitter is on board and they're trying to figure out what the fuck to do with him. Twitch or Twitter? Uh, Twitch, sorry. I don't. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, they, they, well, he had a Twitch account for a while, but he just announced because YouTube put a ban penalty on him due to his stuff, due Good. to his stuff that he put out. Good. That he'll be on Twitch. He hasn't been on Twitch. He hasn't done anything on Twitch yet. But he got a bunch of his fan base came over and followed him. Um, as soon as he breaks Twitch TOS terms of service, he'll be gone. I guarantee it. But here's the but problem. Twitch. Here's Twitch the knew, problem. You no, know, what Twitch knew if, if if they yeah Twitch knew if they did something out the gate that they would get the backlash. But how so directly does it have to come from him versus his fans? Like, what if he gives sort of coded language for his fans to harass the women and minorities his, and people on if, Twitch? If, in his chat, if it's too toxic, if it's not moderated, because the, the Twitch TOS was recently updated, yep. and a lot of people aren't happy about it, but if, if he's not moderating it or someone who 
in moderate your team is not moderating toxicity and it's consistent, he will get he will get banned. I mean, case again, in point. Case in point. Yeah. A, a streamer I follow, or a guy I follow called Etika. Yeah, keep name he's dropping a, cool t- cool streamers, by the way. I'm, I'm loving a, it. He, 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 he describes himself as the Nintendo bad boy. All right, he, he is a, he's an African-American from Brooklyn, and he... Um, is he streaming Nintendo he, illegally? No, 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 no. But, yeah, he... Uh, no one streams Nintendo. No, 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 no. Oh, well, no, no, he streams Nintendo. He's not a Nintendo partner. Do people Wait, stream you, Zelda? You, I haven't seen a single stream of yeah. Zelda. Yeah. But I thought Nintendo Wait, of stream, Japan... Streams, I thought Nintendo of Japan told videos. Nintendo of America, streams, no way, you can't do it. Streams are different from videos. Streams are not under the same guidelines okay. that videos are. Um, I guess the people since, I follow just won't do it because they don't agree to the overall policy. So they're like, we're not even going to stream an, it. If you're a Nintendo partner, you can put up videos. Ah... Uh, which most of the streamers are, uh, but besides the point. So, but what Etika does is is he uh, there, there there there's a lot of African American slang, particularly of the sure. of uh, of nibba, but the actual word. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And, and, he, and he he's using that in the sense that he should be during in black culture, but that's used at but since it's Twitch. And it's even though even though it's him saying it, and he's African American, yeah. it's still seen as toxic. So he got banned within three hours of a Twitch stream. Oh, this happened to um, uh, Sky Williams, mm-hmm. um, yep. who is a gay yep. black streamer um, yep. who's hilarious and awesome, and a friend of the Co-optional Show and a buddy of Total Biscuit and them. And he's gotten banned because he'll say nigga and stuff like that on his podcast. And then yeah. YouTube will ban them. And then he'll put out a bunch of videos bashing YouTube. And it's like, it's hard to disagree with him. That's a free speech issue, especially in his situation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but Twitch is so, having to deal with this all the time with these long streams, too. Like, YouTube is dealing with these, you know, 20 to one hour, minute, uh, hour videos at most. Twitch, you're dealing with like eight hour videos. That must be impossible to moderate. Well, it, dep- it depends on how, how many people are reporting it. It's when how much it's important is when it's the gets attention, um, but that, but but that, that that's my case in point is that Logan Paul will get obliterated if he doesn't moderate his chat if he doesn't and and this is this is this is the cool thing at least, at least in this situation everywhere else it kind of sucks but social media platforms if if there's too much like based on what he says based on what he does mm-hmm. over there mm-hmm. on any social media platform. He can get banned from saying stuff over there too on Twitch. That's part of the new TOS as well. So it's very interesting. It's very interesting. But Twitch definitely took the right move. I think Twitch is in a much better situation than YouTube because they have these partnerships or like unofficial partnerships with their streamers. And so many of them are diverse and from around the world and different ages and different genders, different sexual orientations. You know, I mean, Jesse Cox still gets a lot of his income from posting his stuff edited later on to YouTube. But some people like Dodger, like they don't even bother with YouTube anymore. They just stream. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dodger's also eight and a half months pregnant, so she doesn't have time for this shit. So she just streams whenever the hell she can. But yeah. you know what I mean? But like people in her office, like her husband, Sam Strippin, Octopimp, like these guys like cry, like they mostly just stream on Twitch because they don't want to deal 
with the YouTube, the haters and the comments and everything. Even if they put it on YouTube, they disable comments because it's just insane. And so I, even though I appreciate people who don't do sub only comments on Twitch, I can totally get if you have over half a million people, you know, followers and you have a lot of haters, I can get why you would do a sub only. Some, sometimes what they do is the, they'll keep it open for the first, I'm sorry, they'll uh, do sub only for the first hour or two and then they'll open it up to everybody like deeper into the, the, the stream, which I think is a decent uh, middle ground. I guess having moderators, right, would be the other thing. Mm-hmm. Moderators are very helpful. Um, but that but that leads into like cool what, what I was hinting on about earlier, which is like Twitch, Twitch is at the head of the market share, but it is going to start to be in a, like a huge crisis soon because places like Facebook gaming, places like Mixer are starting to rent things up. Things that are like, uh, like, so bitrate is a big thing. So bitrate is how much feed, how much info you're throwing and compacting into a stream. And it's basically, it basically how much, basically how much you throw in is how much quality you get out. Okay. Twitch is, Twitch has the lowest bit rate for partnered streamers among all of the market share. Now that's partly because of Twitch's size, but it also means that if you, um, it it also means that if you're not partnered, you your stream can't look this good. In fact, this stream right now is above the stated bit rate that you're supposed to have it at for non-partnered people. I'm supposed to be at 2,500. I'm at like 3,100. Well, and the bigger problem is, so, so when I stream from my Mac, I'll stream at 1080, 30 frames per second. For whatever reason, they will allow people to select slower, uh, lower bit rates while I'm streaming, which I'm not supposed to be able to do, but they can anyways. But then once it's archived, they can only access it at whatever I was streaming at. So... It's like, okay, do I do 1080, which I know people want to see, or do I do 720, which I know after the fact more people are going to be able to have access to, since I'm not mm-hmm. a partner, right? Right. So, um, well... But, that, but that, yeah. that's one of the things Twitch has to worry about, because... They really don't, because they're owned by Amazon, don't. who well, has well, tons of no. bandwidth. <laughs> but here's the thing. Mixer has... Mixer is growing fast. Facebook... Yeah is growing fast. Oh, I'm not saying there's Here's not going to the be thing. competition and there should be Wait, competition. No, 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 no. But this is good. But this is good. Yeah, it's very good. Twitch has had no competition and Twitch is now getting competition, which is good because that means Twitch will grow and be better. Well, if, if YouTube had gotten their act together a couple of years ago with their live streaming, they could easily be competition, but it sucks compared to Twitch. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at it, like when YouTube gaming was announced, Twitch, guess what Twitch said? Hmm. Twitch said, congratulations, player two has joined the game. Mm. Because Twitch, Twitch is so assured of itself. Which oh, it be, boy. Because there is zero, like, like, there's zero push right now. But that's changing real fast. Can I be honest with you, though? Mm-hmm. As someone who uses Amazon Prime Video and Netflix relatively equally, um, I find Amazon more reliable than Netflix. Oh yeah, to get 1080p, and so what's, I think Netflix is saturated. Well, here's Netflix what's is interesting: is Amazon, at least for the moment, has made a corporate decision. You know how specifically with Star Wars, Disney 
clearly has made a decision to let the Star Wars team do what they want to do and not interfere too much, you know? You kind of feel it like Star Wars movies don't feel like the regular Disney or even the Marvel movies, right? I mean, Star Wars, you can tell Lucasfilm is still Lucasfilm, even if it's owned by Star Wars, right? Which is Mm -hmm. great, but they still have Disney's money and marketing and stuff like that. Twitch does still seem to have a lot of autonomy, but it seems like they have access to the bandwidth if they really needed it, right, from Amazon? Sure, but the way things move at Twitch, from what I understand, is fairly slow. Like, like there doesn't seem to be a lot of like mm. decision making. Like one big thing is being changed every year yeah. for Twitch, which is really slow growth, especially for an internet platform. Right, but, um, but what I do like about it is, again, streamers that I watch will do a lot of official Twitch events, but openly criticize Twitch on a lot of stuff, and Twitch doesn't mm-hmm. punish them. As, as long as they're good citizens and they're bringing people to Twitch, they don't punish them for criticizing them. In fact, I do you know who? Um, okay, so this is a British guy, but it's also his network it goes by Sacriel. Don't know. That at least I don't know. He does. He's he's like you know he does a lot of strategy games and stuff like that. He's a kind of a big English uh, Twitcher, and he's got a whole network, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But his wife, uh, whose name I'm blanking on, who was on the Co-optional podcast recently, was worked at Twitch from the beginning up until about a year ago, and even while the two of them were on the podcast and he was wearing a Twitch shirt, although she had quit, she was ripping into them about stuff. But she also Mm -hmm. was like, you know, they make decisions that we don't always agree with. And some of us even leave, but they're not, it's not like a witch hunt corporation where if you disagree with any of their decisions, they're just going to go after you. And, you know, like they're way more scared of what I'm trying to say is they're way more scared of the Logan Pauls of the world and their following than they are of actually good quality Twitch streamers who have legitimate criticisms about Twitch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which makes sense because Logan Paul will bring 300,000 12 year olds to like, like actually hurt a platform, which to the outside world may not appear as 300,000 12 year olds, which doesn't actually mean anything, but that will invest market shares, things like that. That mm. things will actually hurt the company. Hmm. So like right. that, 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 and so that's a legitimate cause for concern. But when streamers, most streamers had constructive criticism, which is good because constructive criticism is always good criticism. So hmm. we're, we're on the same page there. Yes. Um, All right. Well, let me, can, can we finish with a couple just like very specific kind of quick hit, quick hit questions and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Okay. So first final quick hit question is what the fuck is Fortnite for my listeners? And why is it suddenly so popular? Fortnite is a cartoony style game that uh, the, the basic understanding is, and I'm just going to be playing emotes in the background here, um, is, uh, in a nutshell, a game where you survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> uh, a mag- uh, there's a magical storm that is spawning zombies that has come to attack people and you are building forts to protect an objective. That's the PvE. They released a battle royale mode, which is the multiplayer mode mm. that PUBG is. Mm. It, it's basically the hunter games, except there's a hundred people and you jump God. out of a plane and then you find loot and try to be the last one standing. That's hunter games. Um, you get the idea. Um, is it first person or third person shooter? Both. Uh, Fortnite itself is third. Um, 
So Fortnite is third. Fortnite's third. PUBG is both. No, I know. Um, I'm not talking about PUBG. Just Fortnite. Know, Fortnite know, is third. So it's like it's like full third. Like I can cycle around my character and see where people are and stuff like yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. The 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 interesting which thing I like Fortnite by the way does, I realized recently whether it's Mass Effect or fucking Horizon or Zelda or whatever I really prefer third person but yeah go ahead maybe not maybe not the, for multiplayer in this environment though the neat thing that um, the neat thing about Fortnite which makes it different which makes it unique is that it has a building system the building system which obviously because it's a video game and not real life lets you use different material types to build walls, floors, doors, uh, stairs, all sorts of stuff. This plays into the multiplayer because you get to build mobile cover on the go. Now, it can be break. It's destructible, so you can sh- like people can shoot through it and whatnot and blow it up and stuff like that. Um, but you, like, like you make mobile cover. In the PvE, it's used to design a fort. You build a fort in a night. Because it's called Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Um, Do people even know what a Fortnite it's means? It's wacky. Do you know what a Fortnite means? It's. I'm assuming it has something to do with a fort being built really quickly. A Fortnite is two weeks. Nice try, buddy. In the old language, a Fortnite means two weeks. It's fine. Keep going. Anyway, um, it is a play on the word fort, though. Obviously, yeah. I think I wasn't wrong about what I said, <laughs> technically. I'm a dick. Real I'm forts, sorry. I'm sorry. Medieval forts would take a lot longer. I'm sorry. You sound smarter tweets. than me almost the rest of the podcast, so occasionally I need to sound smarter than you. I don't. I don't but by the way, that. just the way you described it, and I again, I've learned about this recently, so I know what you're talking about. I want you to say it for the listeners. Immediately made me think it was more interesting than PUBG, just based on that description. To That's me. Cool. To me personally. Me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The PvE is fun. I like the PvE. You would like it. You should play. We should play. It when well, my little back. cousins all play it. And guess what? My little cousins were obsessed with it for five years up until a couple years ago. Minecraft. Yeah. So now they're sixteen instead of eleven, and so they get Minecraft with a shooter, and they're playing it with their parents and stuff. It's amazing. Yep. yep. So. And they're smart kids too, by oh, the right. way. Uh, when I say teenagers, I'm not talking about like dumb twelve year olds. These are sixteen, seventeen year olds with driver's license applying for college. Like these are smart fucking kids. They love Fortnite, and it's not like the other stuff is being kept from them. It's not like their parents are not letting them play PUBG. They are choosing mm-hmm. to play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So that, that that's Fortnite in a nutshell. Very it's interesting. That, it, it's it's just it's it's a good culmination of everything that's popular today. Well, with other things. And look, I'm just going to get a little uh, philosophical and sappy for a moment, which is as human beings, it's very easy to destroy things. It's much harder to create things, but more satisfying. And I think. That's why pure shooters ultimately, unless it's an amazing short campaign like the old school Call of Duty games, pure just shooting things I, I get exhausted by. And I'm not saying I would like Fortnite, but things that have a constructive element or a progression element, as we talked about earlier, for example, is what would hook me into these games. By the way, do you like all the salt I'm throwing? This is hilarious. I'm just trying not to laugh. I was cracking up when you did the mic drop over and over again. Oh my god. It's cool, dude. I've been so salty on my podcast the last few months. I'm so sick of fucking dumbass nerds out there. Uh, you know, um, smart nerds, you know. You're listening to my podcast. You know the dumb nerds I'm talking about. Uh, the Logan Paul people. You know what? Go fuck yourself. People who are saying the teenagers who marched on Washington are Hitler youth. 
sorry, Ethan, close your ears. Go fuck yourself. Um, teenagers in this country know what the fuck is going on. It, the education system is not perfect and there's problems, but teenagers politically in my country right now, I'm very proud of them. And, you know, I think Twitch is trying to protect them as much as anybody, to be honest with you. Maybe. Because, Maybe. because what if you are a truly mature Twi- and Twitch gifted is, 15 not. or 16 year old streamer that could cause major problems. Twitch is there. There are a few of them. Um, Twitch is not a very political climate, at least not in the sense of like government political. Except they're owned by Amazon, who's owned by a very liberal guy who owns the Amazon, the Washington Post, and all sorts of stuff. So most, if you if you if you go if you go to most partner streamers' chats, they will say they keep politics out of chat for good reason. Um, well, that's why the co-optional podcast is great because. <laughs> Even though it's live and then it's archived in Twitch and then on YouTube and then downloadable for three hours, these guys just go off on all the idiots in the fucking country. On their Twitter feeds, they'll be much more restrained. Or like when they start getting trolled, they'll pull tweets and stuff. Like Jesse Cox did a whole thing of defending the the the, the teenagers in Washington the other day, and he was getting so horribly trolled by people that he just pulled it. And he was like, "Look, I agree with everything I said, but I'm sick of all this trolling, so I'm just pulling it off." fuck you guys kind of thing um and so yeah i mean i think twitch is in a very tough position and even if they are progressive or not they're in a tough position with this stuff <laughs> it's hard to Next deny question. though that video game people who aren't total idiots and psychopaths tend to be slightly more educated and slightly more progressive overall i would say yeah so I, I agree with that. Streamers. And that's why they're so they're so furious and scared of Logan Paul coming, and none of them want Logan Paul. And that's why I think Twitch isn't sure what to do, because their actual streamers don't want him on there. Mm-hmm. You got another question for me? Um, yeah. Why don't we end with um, any games coming up that you're excited about as the year goes on? Because... Last year was a really good movie year, and it was a great video game year. But like the movies this year, which are looking very lackluster from here on out, post-Black Panther and maybe Avengers and Star Wars, um, I don't see a lot of games on the list for the rest of this year that give me a lot of excitement, including Far Cry 5, which you and I are both very skeptical about. Um, you know, the I think... I, I mean... Doesn't everyone just call them like the Ubisoft simulators at this point? Because they're all the same fucking game, like over and over again, whether it's Assassin's Creed yeah. or whatever. Like, it's just, it's worse than Bethesda. At least Bethesda has like a vision, even though it's buggy as shit and looks like ass half the mm-hmm. time. At least Bethesda has yeah. a creative vision. They, fucking speak, Ubisoft. Speaking, speaking of which, they announced their next uh, Elder Scrolls Online expansion the other day. So that's cool. Uh, hmm. But besides that, um,. No, I, I for, for, just turning to Far Cry real fast. Uh, for what I've seen, I've only seen a little bit, but I, the gunplay looked basic. Like it seemed really basic. Like it, like Fallout Four took Fallout in the wrong direction, and even that, that Far Cry Four. No, I know. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Fallout here. Oh fuck! Fall. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You hold on. You hold on. Fallout Three and on have nothing to do with the original fallout name the original fallout one and two have nothing to do with all of the fallout products in the last 20 years sorry go ahead okay besides that i mean they don't 
They were those were those were those were stra- heavy strategy slash turn based RPG narrative based stories that were nothing to do with shooting and loot collecting. Besides that, okay, sorry. Fallout Four, like 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 for Fallout Four, I felt like hey, like this was a different direction for the shooting, but I still feel better about the cartoonish art style of the Fallout Fallout Four, Fallout Three before that. All the, some Fallout 3, 4, New Vegas 4, I feel better about the shooting in those games than I do about Far Cry. And I know those are that's Bethesda versus Ubisoft, mm-hmm. but I've always felt like Far Cry was the closest thing that Ubisoft has ever made to the Bethesda open world games. Hmm. I've always felt that. Okay. Um, Alright, well let me run through, I'm going to just name games that are coming out and you just give like a one or two sentence response. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll pick out any that you don't mention. If yeah. I'm oh, but before that though, did you end up playing Bayonetta two? I've been playing Bayonetta one. Okay. Um, I've heard two is amazing, but we'll wait till you play it. I've mm-hmm. heard the new Nino Kuni game is great, but not everyone likes those kind of games, so we don't need to talk about that. I've heard it's. I've heard it's not very challenging. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I did hear it was easy. Good call. Good call. But I, I also don't play uh, fucking Fire Emblem with permadeath because I don't have the fucking time and patience for that shit. So, um, okay. Casual. No, I'm kidding. All right. So these, I'm just going to name games and you'll give me the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Mm-hmm. God of War. I hope it's good. Okay. Um, I, 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 hope, I, hope, I hope it gives a good cinematic story. That is entertaining both in gameplay and story-wise. Oh, here's one that I know you've mentioned before. Octopath. I've played the demo. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I like the demo. I need to know how deep the game is mm-hmm. to know whether it is worth... So, so... Okay. I'm going to give like three sentences on this. No, go. No, please go. So, yeah, this was... yeah. So... If you've ever played Binding of Isaac, Binding of Isaac has you play like 90 different, or like like nine different, it's like 15 now, 15 different versions of the character, and you find different random loot, and each time you're going down into the dungeon, it's got different map layouts, different weapons, different character, so all these builds and all of these maps are different, and it's a different experience each time. Mm. My question is, is you have eight playable characters, and each character can have a secondary class that's another one of the seven remaining for combat. My question is, is, is there going to be enough depth to the game where all eight playthroughs of the game are going to be long enough that it's going to keep my time investment? Or is the, play, is the experience good enough that it's, 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 it's the right amount of time that I'm going to want to play the game over and over again but with different strategy styles. Well, without th- that's what I'm gonna want. This about. so d- from a definition standpoint, what I'm about to say is not a spoiler because I haven't actually played it and don't know too much about it. But if you want to literally know zero about Nier Automata, I guess close your ears for the next minute. Starting now, mm-hmm. Nier Automata was built on the notion of replaying like two dozen times, basically, right? right? So and it worked great for a lot of people. Like it's not what I, a game I'm going to invest in, but I respect it. And people love that game. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. 
Uh, but, but so yeah. so like so from what I've seen, yes. from what I've seen yep. about Octopath, mm-hmm. either way they set it up. If they set it up either way, or if it's a different way, like combat's interesting. Um, the world seems interesting. I have, I've like again, it's a demo. Like it's actually a demo. It's not a beta. It's a demo, like an old fashioned demo. Mm. <laughs> so like. I, this 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 is a good chunk of what the game is. Like mm-hmm. I don't know whether this is the best or the worst or mm-hmm. anywhere in between. What I do know is that it's good so far. So I hope it's excellent. But it's a Square Enix RPG, so it really can't be that bad. <laughs> well, have you seen the three Final Final Fantasy thirteen games? They're pretty bad. Um, but 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 that's but that's and I bought all of them, but they were all disappointing. That's three of the Final Fantasies among how many Final Fantasies? I think Final Fantasy is the most overrated brand ever. And, 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 and that's not what I said. That's not what I said. Yeah, three bad among how many? Well, I know, but can you get anyone to agree about the? best final fantasy since final fantasy 7 which came out 20 fucking years ago it's people, really hard some people some people think 12 was better i love 12 on the ps2 because it was a straight up rpg but like open world rpg but yeah besides that although i actually want to play 15 if they just drop the fucking here's the thing man this is the other problem with the consoles if steam is going to charge me half price all of a sudden for final fantasy 15 then you at playstation need to charge me half price because if you brought the price of Final Fantasy 15 on my PS4 down to $25, $30, I would buy it. But I'm not paying $60 for that game. It's just not happening. So it's because I it's know cause it's they, available. It, it's because they know it's a different experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So in May, there's a bunch on the Switch. So I'm going to name these all and you can hone in on any of them. Okay. So here's all mm-hmm. Switch. These are all the major Switch releases in May. Donkey Kong Country. Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That was the name of it all. Hyrule Warriors, Little Nightmares, Mega Man, various Mega Man collections, and Dark Souls Remastered. Dark Souls Remastered, I'm definitely getting. Probably playing. Donkey Kong Country, I never was into. It would. I, I would have to probably get the game for free to probably play it. Sure. Um, or almost free. I'll probably buy it off of one of my friends who buys all the Switch games and then completes them and then sells them to other friends in our group. Um, uh, Little Nightmares. I heard it was a great six-hour story. Hmm. Probably not going to buy it unless I buy it off someone else for cheaper. Sure. Um, and the last one was... Uh, Dark Souls, Mega Man, um... Mega Man, Mega Man. Uh, probably not. Mm. Unlikely. Yeah. Another franchise that people have too much nostalgia for. Who cares? I mean, listen, I've played some of Mega Man X. I like Mega Man X, but I'm not that interested in trying to... I'm I'm not going to pay a good amount of money to just play Mega Man. So... This is what's so interesting is you appreciate this nostalgia for video games in the 80s and stuff, which we're about to be inundated with with Ready Player One, which is an entire movie about this stuff. But it looks like it sucks. It looks like it sucks. I've actually heard it. I, I've heard from people who thought that it was going to suck that it's actually not that bad, but it's not going to make a lot of money at the box office. Just because your expectations of it were low, or sure, it was better than your expectations were of it, doesn't yeah. mean it's good. Right. Um, but 
as you've said, Breath of the Wild was the first time you really spent so much time on a Zelda game, which is a super nostalgic property for other people. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of hardcore Zelda fans who've played all the games like but don't love Breath of the Wild, for example. I'm more on your end. Look, dude, I'm about to start playing The Witcher. If I had the money, like if I had just infinite, I mean, not infinite, but if I had just enough just money lying around right now, I would buy a Switch, I would buy Zelda and a couple other games like like uh, Rabbids and stuff and play the shit out of those games. Like you would, love, you would love Xenoblade, I think. I can't wait for Xenoblade, I can't wait for Rabbids, I can't wait for Zelda, I just don't have the money for it, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to buy it at some point, no doubt. That's more my kind of game than the old Zelda games. Now, I did get on sale recently... Zelda Link Between Worlds, which I'm actually excited for. I just haven't had time to play. But because I've been very frustrated with 3D games on the 3DS, because my 3DS doesn't have the extra stick, but on top of that, I've used yours and tried other people's with the extra stick and don't like it. So I'm actually going back to games that are more 2D on the 3DS, um, which is a platform I like in general, but I just don't think it works really well with 3D games. you got to get a Switch for that or a fucking Vita or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't know. But so there's By the we- way, quick side note. Yeah. I'm sweeping one out of broom right now wait hold on oh that's so funny um <laughs> all right dude well let me throw out a couple more and we'll wrap this up um sure. so here's one game that we sort of thought was coming and there was a lot of teasing and rumoring and now we know is for sure happening and another game that's been delayed over and over again and we don't actually know if it's going to come out later this year but may okay mm-hmm. the first one i don't think you're going to have much to say which is shadow of the tomb raider Second one is Red Dead Redemption 2. Thoughts on either, both, or neither? Never been a Tomb Raider fan. Uh, never been interested. Yep. So I don't really have much to comment on with that. Yeah. Um, Red Dead. I don't see them delaying this game any further. I just don't. I just don't. Um, they need. To, here's the thing. They need to release this game because the, the further they keep developing... Because here's the thing. Rockstar doesn't develop more than one game at a time. They don't. Mm. They don't. They are one of the good developers. All right. So Rockstar knows that they need to release this game at some point because they need to get working on Elliot War 2, Catherine 2, uh, GTA 6. Yeah, one of the streamers I follow uh, has been playing Elliot Noir, actually. Yeah. So they, there, there's a ton mm-hmm. that Rockstar can do. And they need to, to you know, get they, they need to get this game one. And they delayed this game two years now. Mm-hmm. I I think it's done. I mean, but but it, I trust Rockstar to release a game when they want to release it. So I have a feeling it's going to release this December. But it's know. possible it could get delayed yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I I seriously think we'll get something at E three, and I think it's going to be. Um. I, th- I think it's going to be a PS4 exclusive. The problem with Tomb Raider is, and I saw the movie, which was not very good, but I wasn't expecting it to be good, but it was just boring. Um, I like the Tomb Raider reboot in 2013. I'm going to play Rise of the Tomb Raider, which came out a couple of years ago, which a lot of people like. I'm happy the series is continuing. It's nothing like the original Tomb Raider. It's, m- it's a new character, 
more like new modern third person action uh, dynamics and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, too many cutscenes, breaks in the action. They relegate the archaeology stuff to subquests, which was like a really important part of the original character. Um, and the problem is, if you want that sort of hectic bow and arrow combat, play Witcher or Horizon. It's way better. Or if you want that level of like adventure Indiana Jones great story, play the Uncharted games way better. So I think that's the problem there. Red Dead, yeah, I've never been interested in because I'm not a Western guy and it just seemed like an overrated game. I'm not, I'm not convinced it's coming out this year, man. They, things get delayed all the fucking time. So I, I, I don't honestly know. Okay. All the signs point that it's coming out this year. Yep. Because we've seen how many times it's been delayed. Mm hmm. Um. All right. Well, speaking we'll, of here's here's the thing. Yeah, we'll, go we'll know at E3. We'll know at E3. We'll know at E3. Yeah. We'll know a lot of these things at E3. All right. Well, speaking of phantomware, as we used to call it, I don't know if they use that term anymore. Um, uh, games that may or may not come out. And Wait, hold on. Situation. I have. I have. I got a bunch. I got a bunch. Hold on. All right. One second here. One second here. Okay, browser, stop auto-playing videos here. Nope, I don't want to pin the tab. I'm muting the tab. Yeah, that's right. Okay, shut your mouth. Okay, so I have a couple beyond. Supposedly, both Anthem and Final Fantasy VII are re- remake are uh, scheduled for this year. It seems impossible. Anthem was scheduled for 2019. Oh, that's official? Okay. That was official. That was official a while ago. Okay. Probably because probably because they felt they put all their time in developing microtransactions first because that's what EA wanted, mm-hmm. and then Battlefront Two happened, and they were like, "Well, we can't do this now." Mm-hmm. All right, so here's games TBC. Also, the head developer died. Yeah. So they had to find a they had to find a new developer or a head director. All right. The head director died. So so here's some games uh, to be announced, but that seem like 2019 games, but games that we will be seeing at E3 and hearing a lot about. You ready? We'll run through these quickly, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Days Gone. This year. Maybe. They're saying 2019? You're saying it's this year? Oh, they're saying 2019? That's what I'm hearing. At the earliest. uh, At the latest summer next year. Games Radar has TBC 2019. Latest summer next year. Hmm. That that seems like a quarter one game to me. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a game I might actually buy it's just because horrible. Sam Witwer is doing the voice of the main character who I love. So I almost would buy it just for that, even though I'm not into zombie shooters. Seems like an interesting zombie game, actually. But go ahead. Okay. The main one I'm concerned about, which again, I'm not alone about in hating the actual action gameplay in this game, but loving the story is The Last of Us Part Two. It's unlikely it comes out this year. But it seems like they're it's- probably on schedule for next year, I would think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, It's been, what, five years? And I know for sure Ashley Johnson has been in the studio doing voices because she's on an RPG show I watch online, and they're always like, Ashley's busy today, but we can't really talk about it. I'm like, yeah, she's doing fucking Last of Us Part 2 right now. Um, The interesting thing, the very interesting thing about the gaming community and the gaming center is it doesn't matter how long you delay something, it seems like there's always going to be hype surrounding something that people like. We know what's funny is that I was watching, I was going back to some of the co-optional podcasts in March of last year, which is when Zelda dropped, which is when Horizon dropped, which is when uh, Nier dropped, which is when a ton of games dropped. 
And the narrative at that point was, man, Horizon's a good game, but nobody's playing it because everyone's playing Zelda. Mm-hmm. But then you listen to like two months later podcasts and everyone's playing Horizon because they've played through right, Zelda for they, two months. So yeah, yeah. And, yep. and it's not like Horizon needed patching. It just needed time to catch on, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Death Stranding, I, I, you I, think, I, is still on, on the... It's going to happen? Yeah. Okay. Next year, though. They're saying Bayonetta 3 next year. Yep, that, that was announced. And the new Metroid Prime game, which also I'm skeptical yes. of. Also announced. Hmm. Okay, man. There has there hasn't been a mainstream Metroid game since the Wii one. Yeah. So, and listen, here's the thing: Nintendo doesn't fuck shit up. They don't. They they don't. Not with their main that with their main crew. They don't screw it up. All right. It's been proven time and time again that they don't screw it up. Case in point: Mario and Rabbits. We all expected it to be bad, but it was good. Oh no, total I mean look, Total Biscuit's a total RTS and slash turn based strategy guy, so this isn't surprising. And he this is Nintendo, but he loves his three DS and his Switch and so forth. He thought he thought that Rabbids was the first much buy, uh even more than Zelda was the first must buy of the Switch. Right. That's how much he loved it. it. When we saw it on E three on the show floor, like everyone was like, What the hell is this? Yep. What the fuck is this? I love it. That's what everybody thought. That's what everybody thought. Dude, I, and, I put so many hours into fucking all the various uh, Fire Emblem games on my 3DS. I love it. I love being able to just lie in bed and play real-time strategy. I'm, t- I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, Jesse. I'm telling you, Jesse. Fire Emblem Heroes. I I'm downloaded it, but I don't like that it's like a 3x3 three three or 5x5 five five grid or whatever. It's they weird. They just added... They just add, Actually, it makes it so much harder. Mm. It's great. But they also just added a new mode called... Um, it's like brigades or something, which is a huge map. Hmm. But hmm. Um, that's just one game mode. But it's actually it actually makes it much harder because it limits it makes movement like both a bane and a blessing in so many situations. Oh no, I totally the get it. Are super well designed, dude. I get it, and I'm happy that it's successful. What I'm saying is, when I have a 3ds two feet away with a ton of uh, normal Fire Emblem games on it, it's tough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, no, I understand. But I do have it on. I, I do have it on my phone, and I did generate some great characters who I love in my initial play. So I'm hoping you do more of that soon. So okay, man. So anything we haven't talked about? Any games, trends, anything? Anything you're looking forward to? You want to bring up? Um, I thought it was super cool that uh, Nintendo put up. Uh, they did. They, so I remember describing the direct to you a way back. Yeah. But the direct. So Nintendo did a 10 minute. Um, direct all about Nindies, which is Nintendo Indies. Uh, Indies developed specifically for the Switch. Mm -hmm. And they spent, it was 10 minutes of Indies, Indie titles. Hmm. And they all look great. They look great. It was awesome. It was awesome. I thought it was awesome that Nintendo was embracing uh, like a cooperating with third-party developers who wanted to develop specifically for their system. But they, they were all, they all looked like excellent games. Not just, not just the Hey, uh, this was popular on Cartoon Network, so we want to release a third-party game for your system. That sort of thing. I mean, you know, and we've talked about this game. Hopefully, we'll, we can do this joint campaign together at some point. But I can't believe a game like Stellaris can even succeed at all in this day and age. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Civ Five oh. and Six are always at the top of the list. Though. Oh, 
that's what this is cool uh, yeah. so did you hear about the civ 6 bug oh no <laughs> oh no oh no so remember how the everyone hates civ 6 because of the ai i guess I mean, that's the biggest the biggest, the biggest yeah. complaint with civ 6 is that the ai yeah. is over it doesn't have great reviews on steam let's just leave it at that they found the problem okay the problem was is that for the five main stats of the game the ai have programmed in uh a stat for like based on this stat do x the problem was they misspelled the word yield five times hmm. as y e i l d in the in the code like with a slash or in whatever the code. yeah in the code huh. for the ai huh five times for the five biggest values which screwed up the ai <sighs> can I be honest and that was screwing with the ai can I be honest i'm not kidding. go ahead you could always be honest. Not only is... I know, it's my podcast also, but... <laughs> that, not only is that not shocking, but there are so many fucking thousands of variables that go into a civilization game that I almost can't blame them, even though that's really embarrassing. Except, except here's my... Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. There's a little thing... Could you stop doing the pelvic dancing on my channel, by the way? <laughs> no, I'm no, just kidding. No, I can't. <laughs> the floss dance. Oh, my God. It's actually a really good floss dance. That's that's quite cool. Keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Um, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There's this little thing called error check. Right, and spell check and even. Coding. Yeah, even spell You're check. Right. Yeah. Encoding. Mm-hmm. Encoding in particular, and yep. you'd only know this if you've coded before, is that there is something called error so when a value does not have a definitive, when something does not, a term doesn't have a definitive value in coding, mm. it gets errored, as in it doesn't work, it doesn't line up properly, which means that the entire time that this was set up, either A, yield, Y-E, or yield, Y-E-I-L-D, okay, has a different value somewhere that they've coded, okay? And it lines up to what is the AI screwing up as, or, 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 mm-hmm. one more time for good measure, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. they didn't check anything. I don't believe that. And they just they just press the play button and see if I it works. I don't believe that. It's too complicated. If they were that sloppy by even 10% of what you're accusing them, if they were that sloppy by 10%. 2K. Fine. But even 2K, if they were that sloppy by 10 or 20%, the whole game would not function. In general, most people thought this was the least buggy civilization in like 20 years out of the gate. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Again, people out there play can play games on your computer and don't buy them immediately wait until they're patched and you get the dlcs and everything even if you wait six 12 months for it you get everything i paid 20 dollars for the complete edition of the witcher 3 with everything literally everything right it, it's it's, not, it's just not worth it for me to get it right away it's like when i like when i got the the tomb raider um uh, uh, anniversary edition recently or when I got complete edition of Horizon you get all the outfits and everything right away it's like I don't have to worry about this bullshit but 
you know, I guess if you want stuff on day one, you're taking your life into your own hands, it seems like to be. I would always argue that $60 for 300 hours of entertainment is always worth it. It is worth it, but when I buy Skyrim, the collector's edition, three years after it's made, and have my game crash three times in the initial mission, there's no way I'm going to do it. Jesse, 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 we all know you have a very strong bandana against Skyrim. I wanted to love a great big (laughs) RPG. I'm, I'm I'm literally interviewing a guy who runs a board and RPG website on Friday who loves these games. We're going to talk about it. But like it kept crashing in the opening mission with the collector's edition on a PS3. I'm like, fuck this. Fuck it. So I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. The bug like that can, can tank everything. You got to play on PC. You got to play on PC. Yeah, obviously. Well, I don't have a PC. A so there you go. There. You can run. You can run it on what you have. Right I, I suppose I can definitely run Stellaris. I'll tell you that I can barely run StarCraft One Remastered on my stream, but Stellaris 1080p, no problem on a MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. God bless Paradox Interactive. By the way, the new Mars City Building Simulator looks great, and a lot of people mm-hmm. have been playing that. I, mm-hmm. I, I think Paradox is doing a great job. I know some of their games like Europa Universalis are super complicated and whatever, but Stellaris is very accessible if you're into strategy games, and I think the Mars one is even more so. Okay, man. Well, um, let's close this up. Uh, what else will you be streaming in, in your mind if, if things go right? Obviously, school takes priority, but like in the next, I don't know, few weeks or month or so forth, what are some games that you will continue streaming or new games that you would like to be streaming? I would like to be streaming um, uh, just... just just, just fun stuff. Just various stuff that I find that I'm enjoying. Would you um, be so open? De- Destiny, Sea of Thieves. Would you be open? Anything, anything joint that you want to do. Well, would you be open to doing what I've been suggesting? Because these type of games do get a lot of hits when done well online, which is some old school point and click classic adventure games. And I, it obviously depends on how long I can like. Hey, if you like pirates worlds. and you think pirates are hilarious, the Monkey Island games are amazing available on steam for very cheap as i know yes um but even newer point and click games uh you know would would be really fun adventure games are fun because people like to see your reaction to things or hear your reaction Mm -hmm. to stuff Mm -hmm. um and so indie games are really i think benefiting uh uh, from what is going on assuming they can get their message across Uh, oh yeah that's that was the final question i wanted to ask you and then we'll really close is indie games on steam anything we should be be looking at um, the people, the publisher for Stardew Valley, Chucklefish, mm-hmm. they are releasing two new indie games this year. Mm-hmm. They and they all their games are ridiculously good sprite work and ridiculously good quality. Okay, uh, one of them is Harry Potter the RPG. It's not actually Harry Potter, but it's basically you go to a magic school and it's an RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is um. Oh, what's it called? Um, um, something or another battle, but it's uh, it, it's a, it's a it's a spiritual successor to the old uh, G- Game Boy Advance games, Advance Wars. If you don't know what Advance Wars is, Advance Wars is a great tactical field battle game that Nintendo made way back when. They stopped making them. I don't know why. They're excellent games. Hmm. Um, but it, instead of being army, it's all about medieval stuff, so like mm. dragons, knights, and blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's a spirit successor. It's all the same mechanics. It's just hmm. different 
styled and it looks beautiful. Hmm. It's going to come out on the Switch. Both will probably going to come out on the Switch. Hmm. Plus, Stardew Valley multiplayer is coming out. Hmm. So if you were interested in Stardew Valley before but wanted to play with someone else, now you can. Interestingly, I've heard very differing uh, feedback on people who have Switches about how they play. Some mm-hmm. people I talk to are like, I almost exclusively play in portable mode. And some people I talk to are like, oh, no, I only play in console mode. Um, very interesting, yeah. Yeah. Your preference is console mode, obviously, right? If you can. I'd say it's just whatever I'm doing at the time. Just whatever you're doing at the time. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm like super vested hands down mm-hmm. into this game, I'm playing this no matter what. Mm-hmm. Zelda, Xenoblade. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at home and on the go, obviously. Mm. But if I'm just doing playing my Switch for the sake of playing my Switch, it's whatever I'm playing on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, I have the Switch edition of Doom, which definitely isn't nowhere near as good as like the PC version, but they updated it to be able to remove motion blur, and it's playable. <laughs> Does it still have the piss filter? <laughs> oh, sure, but it's still super fun and it again doesn't have the worst gaming creed in sin which is motion blur so you know (laughs) worth worth 60 dollars no worth 30 dollars that i bought with my friend yes no fov slider 30 frames per second zero out of ten fuck you (laughs) basically but to be fair to be fair no other, no other. I can't get Doom in any other experience on the go. So, totally. you know, I hear you. I'll take it, uh, dude. Take I would, I would love to be playing a Switch instead of my 3DS right now. I just, I just can't do it. But people, just so you know, I'll say in my end, I am gonna start uh, my Rise of the Tomb Raider run. I'm definitely gonna start my Witcher Three run. I have no idea how long that's gonna take or how much I'll actually stream or record. But I'm, I've been saving Witcher Three and I can't do it any longer because I'm having major still Horizon withdrawal and that's the it's close I'm going to get. I know Horizon stole a lot of stuff from Witcher, so I'm very optimistic we can, about it. We can that. now say Jesse's final prayers because we will never see him again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. So, it's so true. <laughs> now, now I have remote play with my Mac, and so I could really be devious, you know, be like at work, be like, what are you doing under the table there? I'm just on my Mac. No, wait, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's not a controller. You, you, that's not a controller, you see. <laughs> These aren't the droids you're looking for. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So you can say prayers for me or whatever. So, all right, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we will keep everyone apprised on things. I hope there's more really super interesting games coming out later this year. But I just, like with movies, I'm starting to get a little bit of a nose for this stuff. And there's not so many exciting projects that I'm aware of that are coming out. Um, but maybe a lot of these remasters Spider-Man. and reinterpretations and things like Spider-Man, you know, will be you know will be enough for this year just the last year was an embarrassment of riches when you look at it it's kind of crazy absolutely i i i think it'll turn around i think it'll turn around cool i i i I think we have to wait for e3 because you really gotta remember Mm -hmm. that the gaming year doesn't start till e3 yeah it starts in the middle of the year, which is the stupidest thing, but whatever. And just to, and just to tie back to the very beginning, so we can close this out, I do not blame you or people at all who really like games like Sea of Thieves or Destiny 2. I just think that 
publishers and so forth need to be more transparent and honest and offer fair prices for these games. And they actually would make more money if they were more honest and offered a fair price, I think. Because one, you know, they say this in the music business, which is where I come from, one person's bad experience can turn off 10 or more other people. Um, that they mm-hmm. talk to, right? So if one person yeah. has a bad experience with their $60 Sea of Thieves, all of a sudden a bunch of other people aren't playing, even though half those people might be happy to pay 20 or $25 to play the game, right? There has to be more of a, a tiered system here. I think, I think in six months we'll see Sea of Thieves for $30, and then people will start buying it. Yeah. But we will. Especially when, especially when there's content, but whatever. Yeah. And Destiny's problem... Destiny's problem wasn't a publisher thing, except I do think that Activision's contract was unfair with them. Sure. Um, Destiny's problem was Bungie made terrible decisions and misread what the community want, what their fans wanted. Like three years of feedback, and they went the completely opposite direction. So, uh, that 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 was a that was a developer issue. So, anyway. Yeah, I just, I don't know why you can't make a really compelling 12-hour Destiny single-player campaign to go on with everything else that's going on. Oh, no, the campaign was awesome in Destiny 2. No, no, but I, I, you know what I mean. Like, something that you could sell to people specifically, like, even if you don't want to do multiplayer, the, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Like, like the old Call of Duty games. They claim this with the new Call of Duty games, but it was actually the case with the old Call of Duty games. But whatever. I'm an old man. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for being on. Yep. Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. Uh, dude, enjoy Black Panther tomorrow night. Really excited to hear what you think about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And good luck with the stream. We will continue to promote it, and we'll continue the discussion. So, Bizzlecasters, uh, we will be coming back at you soon. But for now, we are out.